to the conversation. I'm Heil Russell, and it's been a, quite a week here at DK Vine and in the Donkey Kong Universe fan community. And as I often do, when there is a big story or potential story breaking, I like to break the glass that houses my guest host for this episode. I like to free Josh the Geek Critique Wallen. And, and and have him on the conversation. So welcome back, Josh. Who dares disturb my slumber? I did. I just said I oh. did. Oh, I, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, well, welcome, welcome back to the conversation. It's been a while, Josh. Uh, been so long that I haven't properly publicly congratulated you on your recent nuptials. Oh well, thank you. I don't know how I got married. I've I've been I've been holed up in the in the conversation office bathroom since we recorded our last episode a mere thirteen fourteen months ago. Yeah, but, uh, I mean that but that is a popular we... hookup spot in the DK mine offices. So it I mean it makes sense to me. But no, it, it was either <laughs> you or or breaking out Malik the geek uh, Malik the cartoon gamer uh, McLeod. Oh, and you know, I think actually. No, honestly, Malik should, Malik and I should probably just trade YouTube channels. Like the Geek Critique would rhyme with his name anyway. So uh, right, yeah, I almost stumbled there. Yeah, I, I almost stumbled there. But I, I think I'll have Malik on uh, when, when this rumor becomes a reality. Uh, then that would be a good time, maybe, to bring Malik in. Uh, but no, what, what's good to have you here, Josh? Uh, you know, it's it, it's been. It, a weird one, a weird few days for me as someone who has realized as he's gotten older just how much his parents screwed him up uh, when, when he was a kid. Because, you know, we all have things, right? We all have mental health issues, especially after the last year. I think everybody's kind of cognizant of that. But we all have various levels of anxiety and you know depression and, and other battles you know it is something everybody should be feel free to talk about and i found that as i get older i definitely in certain contexts have some sort of social anxiety disorder where when i'm in say a busy grocery store for example try just buying gushers and carbonated water and uh, boulder rock hard cider I I feel like I'm in everybody's way. I feel like everybody is looking at me like, look at this fucking weirdo. What, like, get out of my way. Why are you in my way? And then I realized, reflecting back on my childhood, being the only child uh, in my family, I remember there were times when my mom would apologize for me for being in people's way. And this memory that's like kind of come about, I was like, oh. So that could be why I always feel like I don't belong or fit in into any social setting, and I feel super awkward and guilty about it. And I say all this because uh, this whole week for me has been I am standing in the middle of a grocery store kind of moment 
where all of all of Nintendo fandom that that's like gathered online is now looking at DK Vine and what we're saying. And I, I'm like, oh, don't look at me. I haven't combed my hair and I, I'm wearing like baggy pants that don't really fit me because I couldn't. It's laundry day. And I, this is what I decided to wear uh, going out to get m- my groceries. Oh, oh, please, please look away. Uh, so uh, I, I'm definitely working through something right now. And I, yeah, when you do this, you know, when, when you create content in, in any capacity online, you know, you have the expectation that people are going to look at you, but you cultivate your own audience. And and when strangers are finding you for the first time, that's when uh, the the weird the weird thoughts kick in, Josh. And so I'm sure, I, yeah. I, I, I'm all right. I, I, I braved the grocery store and I did get my hard cider. So this that's helping me a little bit. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good to hear, man. Uh, yeah, no, I, de- I can definitely relate to like what you're talking about, both on a couple of levels. One, one being like, as somebody who creates something, as somebody who has a public persona on the internet, I do notice myself getting like becoming at times too aware of, I guess, the kind of effect that I that I might have on a discussion or a zeitgeist or, or like, you know, just just the way that things go. And I definitely notice, like, I've I've sort of had to come to terms with the fact that, you know, being on the internet, especially, there there are always going to be people who are just determined to misinterpret you, if that makes sense. Oh, mi- misinterpreting news, that's also something I've yeah. Uh, had, yeah, dealt with this week, so we'll, we'll get into that. Um, no, but uh, really quick, I just want to plug the Geek Critique. Um, so... If you're listening to this, you've probably you've already listened to the conversation or the geek critique, or you know you, you've just found DK Vine this week because we've been linked by Nintendo Life and and other outlets. But uh, if you're not familiar with the geek critique, it is a YouTube channel that I highly recommend. It is basically the best. Uh, analysis of video games but specifically video game fandoms that i've ever seen ever 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 on any platform i think (laughs) that uh i i I find it so endearing because you josh you focus really on as best you can the positive aspects of fandom why we naturally gravitate towards being fans of things and as i've often said when when complimenting you uh you make me see the appeal in something i'm not necessarily a fan of i didn't really understand sonic the hedgehog until you explained to me what makes sonic magical uh really the same with metroid uh you're you're excellent metroid prime series really the whole metroid series but metroid prime i'm singling out uh just just fantastic pieces of work really feature-length entertainment that that was really fun for me too because because like i was discovering what made the magical in real time myself for that matter i still don't understand sonic the hedgehog so i'm I'm glad (laughs) that you feel like you do no, but it's it's there there it's feature length entertainment that celebrates the best of gaming or really the best that gaming can bring out in us. And I think so often, you know, 
online discourse and the gaming world focuses on the negative. And that's really been something I've tried to steer DK Vine away from in the last several years. And mm-hmm. you, you were doing that before I was. So I, I, I just really recommend it. It's feel good YouTube. And no, if, no, no. It, it doesn't matter what you're a fan of. Just watch any of Josh's videos and you will become enthralled. So check that out. The Geek critique. No, and I, I, I know we've talked about this before, but it's kind of one of those things where, like, it's almost, I almost feel like it's a symbiotic relationship because so much of my perception and my idea of online fandom came out of DK Vine itself as, like, one of the primary, like, places I considered myself... Like maybe maybe not always a part of the community because I because I lurked a lot, but just I was always there and I was always paying attention and I I like to this day like after twenty years or so of this like I still like almost naturally go up to my address bar and type in dkfine dot com like like I'm I'm still checking it like I like I was on AOL in like two thousand one. A lot of people are doing that that this week and that's why our page crashed twenty times in one day. But uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. It you know it, it's 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 awkward having a website that's been around since 1999 because the website has grown up with me, and uh, you know I am not necessarily proud of the person I used to be or the way I would wear that fandom. Uh, and I, I kind of like grew up, and I the site took a little bit longer to grow up with me. And and so I, I feel like we're kind of in sync now. And my, my my biggest thing about DK Vine is, you know, what I believe, you know, you espouse is positive gaming, positive fandom, and, and really like celebrating what brings us together rather than what drives us apart. And part of that, I, I really do believe is, you know, making the best out of... You know, periods of time where we're not really getting a whole lot new stuff to talk about i feel like that's really when dk vine shines is is when those like e3s of the past where we would walk in with all the expectations in the world and we would get nothing And, and so we would just kind of have to make our own fun and there was a lot of bitterness in those days sure but you know i i really like and DK Vine, we're fortunate too because we're not just Donkey Kong. If you're new to DK Vine, you're like, how does a Donkey Kong website work when you haven't had a new game in seven years? It's not just, it's the whole Donkey Kong universe. So that includes Rare and Platonic. So really, there's always something for us to talk about. And, and it kind of ebbs and flows. Like there will be Donkey Kong heavy periods. And then, you know, Rare will come roaring back and we'll, we'll be like all about Rare for a long time. And then Platonic mm-hmm. will release something. And then I'm just making Vendy jokes for, for a year straight. So it's just, it, it's fortunate that we, we've developed this kind of notion of fandom that, that, is a little bit more broad, but it's still very insular and narrow in its focus. Uh, it, it's, it's it's what I really love too about DK Vine is that it it's um it 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 can be it can like stick one of its feet in the mainstream and also stick the other foot in the very very obscure. 
and feel comfortable in both. Uh, you know, I, I would not be able to handle like a Super Mario website or a Pokemon website. It would just be like, well, what what voice do I have to add to this fandom? Really nothing because it's so big. It's so like universally like mainstream that I, I like that everything we do at DK Vine is just slightly under the radar just a bit. Uh, it's yeah, fun. And, and, and for that matter, like something like the Pokemon fandom is also just eternally refreshing. So like you've you've always got like brand new people like like every new game is 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 in some ways rather different from the last and that always like and and like new kids are always getting on board with it which always like leads to some some interesting discourse down the road and and here yeah i think in the Kong fandom more or less we welcome that because it's kind of a rare case to get those infusions of new blood so like we got the Kong we've got the Kong country returns babies who are like, you know, yeah, Professor Chops, and and it's just like, yeah, and of course, you know, the Donkey Kong Country Returns babies are, you know, they're they're all old enough to drink now, probably. So they're, they're the age that we were when Donkey Kong Country Returns was released. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I'm saying all this because you know, part of my my mantra of DK Vine is to really like lift people up. Never wallow in despair because I feel like there's no point in it. And I feel like everything usually breaks our way. And, and even with things like getting K. Rule in a smash, I feel like K. Rule really didn't come our way until we kind of celebrated the notion of K. Rule rather than really wringed our hands about the lack of K. Rule, if that makes any yeah. sense. And, and And like, that's the thing. Like, I don't think... Like, it's so common in fandoms, and I, like, maybe this is just my perception, like, you know, you talked about anxiety and depression and the, 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 the pandemic, like, to be honest with you, I don't think I ever really, like, I, I knew, I understood, like, what anxiety was, but I don't think I had ever really experienced it myself to any degree, or at least uh-huh. to, to any significant degree, until this past year, yeah. and, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of people have been like. I think one thing I've I've be, really become more aware of over the past year is like people. I think like being forced to spend more time like in lockdown and in quarantine and having to stay inside. Um, that made your online life seem way more important than it had before. And I think mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who sort of took the took those anxieties and like dug their heels in on things. And, like, because, that, like, that's just, it's so common in fandom that what people do is just, is just, they, they dig their heels in and they go on and on and on about how this isn't what we want. This isn't, we're, we're never yeah. going to get with it, what we want. They're, they're never going to make it the way that they used to again. They're never going to, you know. Yeah. And so I yeah. think that's I- something that's always, like, like, having gone through that experience, I know that, you know, me saying this is no, is, is no cure for anything. But I do want to reassure you that, like the way that people you know with all these new eyes on dk vine and on and on your platform like i don't i really don't think you have anything to like worry about or like or like think poorly of yourself for because like you know i mean i saw i saw nintendo life say it the other day like highly respected <laughs> fan site dk vine you know yeah that that really made me give out a loud 
cackle of self-deprecation. Yeah. So, uh, but <laughs> I, I think that, like, w- the point I'm trying to get around to is that part of me trying to, like, really make the fandom feel good about itself is not unnecessarily raising expectations. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why... Um, with the with the info uh rumors however you want to distill it that i i've been handed from my sources plural uh over the past you know couple of years i've never really come out and really did a write-up about it like hey here's what i've heard about nintendo epd developing donkey kong have i talked about it on the conversation yeah have i have i tweeted about it uh in kind of vagueish terms sure uh, and, and I do that because sometimes I feel like, you know, the, the community needs the reassurance that, hey, we've got good things coming our way. When I feel like despair is setting in, I really do want to, like, reassure people. But here's the thing, Josh. I'm not what you would call a leaker. I'm not somebody who eternally chases, like, big scoops and tries to suss out, hey, this is what this studio is working on. Uh surprise i was first i credit me i i'm i'm responsible for bringing this game to you i deserve all the credit like that's not like my thing i that that's exhausting to me that's uh that 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 whole like underbelly like no disrespect to anybody who lives and thrives in that world but that's just not who i am and because you know what if you're wrong? What if what if you know something happens behind the scenes? What if a project gets scuttled? What if something happens and and then all of a sudden you've raised everybody's hopes and then it just hurts all the more when it's taken from you? Uh, we as a DK community, DKU community, know what that feels like with things like Donkey Kong Racing, where you know we 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 have this game actually announced. There's a trailer. It's on the back of the GameCube box. It's the most amazing thing we could have ever hoped for. And then it never happens. And we're left eternally longing for something that was basically just vaporware. Um, And Mm -hmm. so that being said, I I just say this because I I wanted to... I, I want to boost people's morale and get their hopes up. But I also... I'm worried that everybody is going to be thinking that this game is going to be announced at E3 now. <laughs> and and sure. I'm just like, there, there's a, there's a, we'll, we'll get into it. There's a multitude of factors at work here that uh, it may or may not be revealed at E3, but I feel like everybody's just talked themselves into it now that, yeah, this is coming at E3. This is going to be Nintendo's big reveal at E3. And I'm just like, it might not be though. Uh, so I, I trust my sources. I believe this game is happening. So let's just get into it. I feel like I'm, I'm beating around the bush here, uh, and it's trying sure. to really explain my neuroses at the moment. <laughs> All right. So Josh, this story actually comes back around to one of the more infamous episodes you've been on. Uh, so it was August, 2018, and K. Rule had been revealed for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which took me by surprise. Took a lot of people by surprise. It just bowled us over, right? Um. So later that day, I got a uh, I, I got a a message from a a major DK Vine source that I've talked about over the years. We call them Dave Throat 
uh, Dave Throat sent me a message basically explaining how K. Rule and Smash came to be, that K. Rule effectively won the Smash ballot, and Nintendo wasn't expecting it, and it completely took them off guard and by surprise the amount of support and fandom K. Rule had, and... Anyway, so this this is how K. Rule got into Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. But Dave Throat also said that this was really like the first phase of Nintendo's plans for Donkey Kong, and I didn't know what that really meant at the time, other than well, they got plans for Donkey Kong. Uh, but this really kicked into gear um, a, a couple of years of info be being leaked my way uh and others have heard this info too and it, it's really that starting around maybe late 2017 early 2018 the decision was made to bring donkey kong back home effectively nintendo epd the the main studio of nintendo in japan the ones behind your super mario games uh, your your splatoon Animal Crossing, etc., etc. There was a push to bring Donkey Kong back uh, into Nintendo EPD, which used to be Nintendo EAD before they merged departments. Nintendo EAD, of course, did Donkey Kong Jungle Beat in the mid aughts, and uh, this. But now this would be more of a of a permanent thing where they would take on Donkey Kong after Retro Studios and. Really, this makes sense. Uh, I mean, th- this rumor uh, that, that's been going around, I'm not sure why so many people are surprised by it because, you know, there, there, there's a cliche, we uh, an old hoary um, platitude that we always like to go back to here on the conversation. It's called reading the tea leaves. And if you read the tea leaves, I think this is pretty transparent that this is happening. And I'm not sure why everybody is shocked by it. Uh, I, I think the people who are shocked most by it are the, the types of fans. And I don't want I don't want to disparage anybody, Josh, but I feel like there are fans who entirely predict things based on things that have already happened, right? So I, I've heard a lot about uh, over over the past few months when when the common refrains where I've hinted towards a new Donkey Kong game is, well, how could there be a new Donkey Kong game in the works? Retro is doing Metroid Prime Four. As yeah, I know. I've studio- seen that too. <laughs> like, yeah, the studio do you guys that think does that nobody Donkey else Kong- is capable. Yeah, right. The studio that has made the last two Donkey Kong games is doing something else. So there can't be a Donkey Kong game coming out. It reminds me of like a baby, like <laughs> the, like object permanence. Like like I don't mean oh, to disparage no. anyone, but you guys are babies. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, that really sounded condescending. I apologize. But, you know, it's just like playing the peekaboo game and then thinking your parents yes. vanish because you can't see them. I mean, it's... Well, listen, Heil, you, you keep you keep talking about, oh, a DK ga- a Donkey Kong game is going to be on the N64. But, like, the last three were on Super Nintendo. Come on. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Granted, that's hyperbolic. But, yes, I mean, point taken. Yeah. I, so, so is comparing them to babies. No, but I, you know, it's it's often the same thing. Uh, I, I think this is just a thing in in fan cultures, like geek culture in general, where thinking outside the box, even a little bit, is kind of hard to do in the fast paced world of online discourse and discussion. It's like fan casting your favorite superhero movies. You, you like, I feel like fans. I remember. Um, 
in in the the mid to late aughts, like, like Nathan Fillion would always come up in these superhero fan castings because he was already in genre television like Firefly, and so fans mm-hmm. just fan casted him and everything. Oh, he's gonna be he should be Green Lantern. He should be uh he should he should be Batman. He should be this and he should be that. And, and it's like on the flip side of that, Heath Ledger getting cast as a Joker, right? Well, I, I've never thought of Heath Ledger in a role like this, so therefore it's shit. It's shit. It's going to be shit. Uh, hashtag not my Joker. And, of course, you know, that became an Oscar-winning role for him, and the, the role he'll always be defined by. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's kind of like the same thing. It's, well, I've never really thought about Nintendo EPD doing Donkey Kong. So therefore, they can't be doing Donkey Kong, well, right? Well, I think, it's, um, I think, I think the, that sort of thing also probably comes out of people, you know, when, when you when you brought this up, you're like, well, you see fans saying this. But it may be the case that, like, it's more that some of these people aren't fans and that they'd rather, like, there not be a new Donkey Kong game. Or at least they're not, sure. they'd rather not there not be a new Donkey Kong game not made by Retro because we know Retro can do it. Like, one of those two well, things, because yeah. if there's a rumor that disagrees with you, or that you don't want to happen, or that you don't want to see, I think you're going to be a lot more inclined to look to look for reasons to disprove it. Yeah. And I think, too, there there is a, like, there's, there's different segments of Nintendo fandom, right? And I feel like Donkey Kong fandom isn't always really grouped in with, with Nintendo fandom. And, and a lot of online Nintendo fandom... Uh, has its roots in the GameCube era, so I, I think These it days, makes yeah, sense. It yeah, I, th- I think I think that makes sense. Why Donkey Kong doesn't have a strong presence? Why Donkey Kong has really been more adopted by the Rare fandom, uh, which you know DK Vine, of course, has a part playing in that. I mean, we are the biggest Donkey Kong fan site. I don't feel like I'm overstepping my boundaries when I say that. Um, Not in the slightest. DKC Atlas, you know, is is also another highly respected site, but they have a more insular focus on the Donkey Kong Country games. And whereas we we cover basically, you know, everything Donkey Kong, everything with Rare's Donkey Kong, and also everything that spins out of Rare's Donkey Kong, which is just a whole lot of games with a goldfish in it. So it it, it gets kind of like, wait, how does this tie back to Donkey Kong? Wait, these three Star Fox games tie in, but the rest don't. What? 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 But yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, but uh, I I think that like in, in our corners of Nintendo fandom, it, it's more Nintendo and Rare and Platonic. Whereas you know, then you've got the the more hardcore Nintendo fans who don't really think of Donkey Kong anything more as. Uh, this thing that Retro Studios occasionally does, and this character who fills roster spots in Mario games, but who cares because he's not Waluigi? So yeah. we're not we're not going to talk. Oh my about god! Him. I do not. I will never understand the like. I thought I thought you guys were being ironic about how much you loved Waluigi. I feel like meme culture eventually just be like it starts as a joke, but then mm-hmm. you just talk yourself into loving something. Uh, I think that's why Lanky Kong has had this kind of mid-level resurgence, even without any game appearances over the last decade. It's just because meme culture kind of hooked, like sank their teeth into him. Um, him and Funky, oh, I've, but Funky I've, at the I've, very... I've, I've sort of had that experience with all kinds of things in the past couple of years. Like, uh, like yeah. a good example of that is probably like the Star Wars prequels, where I'm like, ha people are pretending like they love the Star Wars prequels. 
And then over time, I'm like, oh, huh. I think they're serious. Yeah, about it. And, and, and as I tell people who hate the Star Wars sequels, I'm like, just give it 15 years, and then the people who grew up with those are going to be <laughs> telling you about how their misunderstood works of genius. Exactly, and you're wrong. And and, and that's what I, I I find that shit fascinating, though, Josh. I'm not complaining. I love that shit because I I like I I try to dispatch uh, like I try to detach myself from being this like grizzled old gatekeeper of fandom. I mm-hmm. welcome youth spilling into my, my fan culture because it brings fresh ideas and perspectives. And it, it lets me change my thinking, and I it, it really allows the perseverance and evolution of your favorite thing. And nothing can remain stagnant forever, or else it will wither and die. So, as much as I might like hate to see things evolve past the point where you know it's not the way I remember it when I was a kid, uh, it kind of has to, right? A taste yeah, change and. Nothing can nothing. The the only thing that's permanent is impermanence. I just made that up because I'm a genius. But I I think that um you you've got this like subsection of Nintendo fandom that Donkey Kong games like Donkey Kong Country Returns was like all right that's a one off we'll let you have that retro Tropical Freeze came around it's like why aren't you making Metroid games retro the wii u is dying here when it could be like competing with the ps4 and xbox one if you just gave us a metroid game uh and then you know then of course we you know time passes and then the stakes are lowered when the switch is a massive success and then oh tropical freeze has this massive critical reevaluation. great but uh to to this like subset of nintendo fans donkey kong's nothing it's really nothing more than this like also ran like not even a franchise it's just something that maybe once in a generation we'll have a game and we'll kind of allow it even if we're not that interested in it um part of the issue too is and and, you know maybe you can speak to this more than like more than i can maybe having noticed you know being more plugged into the donkey kong fandom specifically but i feel like returns and tropical freeze both were so and i mean i i love both of those games as you will know but I think that they were both very, they were more focused on sati- on like bringing the magic back again for the sake of older fans than they were in really making new fans. I don't know, especially because Returns was, was such a late release Wii game and Tropical Freeze came out on the Wii U, which, you know, not, not a whole lot of people bought. And just because of their sheer difficulty, which was very uncommon by 2010. I, I I do I do sort of wonder like I don't know if Returns and Tropical Freeze specifically may like really brought us like the kind of newbie boom that the original DKC trilogy did. Yeah, I know. Like anecdotally, Returns did bring in a lot of people to the fandom, uh, but I also know that a lot of younger kids who played it like didn't really make it far um, because of that difficulty level. Yeah, so I mean, you know the. the, the this too is anecdotal, but I, I remember when I was making, I believe, the episode on returns. Um, I talked to a, to to a dad in a GameStop, I believe, about it, and he said his kid got it and played it like one time because he couldn't even finish the first level. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, you know, I I think part of the problem too, though, is you know we're we're relying on two games in a decade's time to really be like the thing that keeps donkey kong this um, 
the, the celebrated pillar of Nintendo. Uh, and it, it's just it's just not enough, it, right? Uh, Donkey Kong has not had stability in almost 20 years' time. And, and even when we were getting a lot of games, ironically, it was the buyout era, the much maligned at the time buyout era. That's when we were getting the bit, like, biggest glut of games, it felt like. Maybe not annual releases, but we, well, I mean, we were getting annual releases in some form or fashion because we were getting the Game Boy Advance remakes uh, by Rare. But then we also had the, the three pay-on games for the Game Boy Advance, Nintendo DS, and ultimately uh, Wii. We, we had the, the Namco Donkey Konga series, which, you know, yeah. And then we had Jungle Beat. Um, but, you know, just a lot of games that, but really nothing to, no, no concrete identity for the series. And no, 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 I think I think you're understating the, the, the near monthly releases of Mario Party. That was very stable. Uh, I'm, I'm not including Cameo games no, in any of this i i know yeah uh but so so i think the biggest problem right has been that lack of stability retro we, we like in 2010 when it was rumored a couple days before e3 that hey retro is working on donkey Kong. Psst. uh you know that that really like reinvigorated the fandom because by 2010 we were feeling defeated and deflated because it wasn't just Donkey Kong that it felt it felt like Donkey Kong was kind of dead at that point, but also it felt like Rare might be dying and 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 it, th- this was like just the darkest darkest moment for the fandom where like we were probably going to let DK Vine shut down completely like it's like what's the point it's just you know we're we're moving on with our lives there like n- nothing more to see here so returns really came at the right moment and it just it's like a, it was a shot of energy into our veins and i remember the hope at the time was that this is the beginning of something where like we're going to get Maybe not annual releases anymore, because that's not even really a thing in the industry, unless you're like yeah. a, this big AAA uh, franchise that gets all of its resources pulled into, like Call of Duty. But uh, you know, maybe maybe we're gonna get a new Donkey Kong Country game every you know two to three years now, and of course that didn't really happen, and so that's why this rumor, Josh, is so. Not only tantalized, I, I say rumor as if I haven't been sourced on it myself. I'm just speaking in general terms of what's going around online this week. Because this yeah, yeah, week see, has been the week. I, I did notice, like, at the top of the episode, you said, like, I'll have Malik on when this when this is confirmed. When this rumor, when, when this becomes true. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about this rumor, Josh, is that we've been talking about it on the conversation for, for a good long while now. Yeah, but I haven't uh, done an episode about it so much. I I haven't done a fully dedicated episode about hey th- this is I mean because because again I didn't want to raise people's expectations for any particular time. But this week uh, a couple things started happening, and really the ball got rolling earlier this year because uh, others other people have been getting sourced on this and uh, some notable names including john cartwright uh nate the hate zippo and lonely goomba and it was the latter two 
leakers. I, I, I leakers sounds like I don't know. You're like in a, a diaper commercial. It doesn't sound like a, a. It's 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 a weird term to use uh, outside of any context, but talking about this. But these leakers uh, talked about it in the last week, and that's when really we were off to the races because then you know it, it like lit up message boards and Discord channels and. Then Nintendo Life ran a news story about it on Wednesday morning. Nintendo Life, they're a UK outlet that, you know, they're very, very popular. Uh, one, one of the bigger uh, Nintendo dedicated sites around these days. And so Nintendo Life did a news story about it. I And of course, they're, they're in the UK, so I think it like posts at 3 a.m. Uh, like, so it was like first thing in, in the, the work hours over in the UK, but over here I was fast asleep. So I woke up to like, uh, check, checked my phone, checked DK Vine's Twitter and saw all these notifications. And I was like, shit, what happened? Uh, and then <laughs> I saw, and I was like, all right. So I got a shower, uh, I was beating my, my DK Vine work day. And I was like, I should probably do an article about this on DK Vine because at this point it's out there and it's out there coming from people who aren't me. So I feel like, you know, never wanting to play the leak game. I'm not going to do something until it's already out there. Um, but I'm like, all right, I, I, I see a lot of conflicting information. At the very least, I need to come forward with what I've been told. And so I wrote an article in DK Vine, basically, and, and in my long-winded fashion, and just didn't just discuss the rumor, discussed the history of Donkey Kong's development since 1993. But... Um, <laughs> uh, that article was then quickly picked up by the message boards and Discord channels, and then Excellent. the very next that day, was a, that was a really that was a really like succinct and and, and enlightening article. By the way, I enjoyed reading it. Uh, I did oh, you think it was succinct? Reload. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a succinct like way to sum up like everything that's happened surrounding this. Um, it's just sort of like I did have to click the reload button several times <laughs> in order for it to load. <laughs> yeah. Because at this point, sites like Reset Era were, were sharing it, uh, and, and it was just being shared and shared and shared, and our servers apparently couldn't handle it. And, um, and by by the next morning, Nintendo Life updated their article and um, included uh, our take on the uh, so-called highly respected Donkey Kong fan site. And really, I think of myself more as a Donkey Kong lifestyle brand, so I really don't <laughs> like the fan site branding at this point. So, like, let let me discuss a little bit, really, th this rumor in full here on the conversation because um, there there is fire here. It's not just smoke. There there is definitely fire here, and f this this is everything based on what I've been told by my sources, and we'll just call them Dave Throat and the Funky Bunch. Uh, that's how I refer to my plural sources. Uh, so. Development of the new Donkey Kong game, Josh, purportedly from my understanding, began late 2017 or sometime in 2018. That's when they decided to uh, bring Donkey Kong under the Nintendo EPD banner. Uh, and, and this was mostly done... Not It wasn't just, well, there hasn't been a new Donkey Kong game in... 
four years, we really should think about making a Donkey Kong game. Nobody else is going to do it, so we're going to do it. it. It wasn't quite that simple. There's a reason there hasn't been a Donkey Kong game in four years. And honestly, I thought this part of the story would blow up a little bit more. And it's real. I don't even know if it was shared on Nintendo Life. Because maybe, you know, it's just coming from the wacky old DK Vine, so it's unverified. But there was a Donkey Kong game in development between Tropical Freeze and this game we're talking about today. Uh, and I can't share uh, quite a lot about it. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, do I know more than I'm letting on? Probably. But uh, I can't uh, because there are things I can share and there are things I can't share. All I can share about this is that this made a lot of headway. Um, This was going to be a Donkey Kong game for the Switch. And ultimately, I'm not really clear on why they decided to to end the project. But Nintendo decided they were going to bring Donkey Kong back internally. And that really put the kibosh on it. Rather than just letting this project play out. Through this outside studio, not Retro Studios, by the way. By this point, Retro uh, was floundering with their own post-tropical freeze project before they were put on Metroid Prime Four. Um, and and I, I was going to me- ask, like, like, so this was not an internally developed game. This was no, this was also not by internally an developed. Studio. Yes, not internally developed at Nintendo. Not done uh, under Nintendo's purview by Retro. Th- this was an outside studio, and. Um, sounded interesting uh th- there are things about it that mm, like i i'm it might take a little while for my brain to wrap around but mm. I, I i i like what i hear about mechanics um th- there are some exciting things in there one day the story can be told about this game and uh i i look forward to that day because i have a lot i would like to share but um N- nintendo basically decided that they wanted Donkey Kong to be not a homeless couch surfer uh, that that continually like bounced from studio to studio, getting a reinvention like e- seemingly every console generation. They wanted consistency. They wanted to basically do it themselves. Uh, th- there was a push. Of course, Miyamoto is always wanting something in the works for Donkey Kong. And that's something that I think a lot of Donkey Kong fans don't even understand about Miyamoto. Miyamoto loves Donkey Kong. And he he has a bigger view of Donkey Kong than a lot of Donkey Kong Country purists even admit to themselves. Because Miyamoto has really accepted that the identity of Donkey Kong is basically what Rare created. And he's kind of rolled with it. I mean, he, he like it's not just like, well, my vision of Donkey Kong is this girder dwelling barrel thrower who kidnaps brooklynite women uh, <laughs> and then gets himself locked in cages and then maybe has skirmishes with exterminators you know he, he he's he's really uh, embraced rare's donkey kong and you know we, we talked about it on the conversation last year that there was even a donkey kong game in the works before Donkey Kong Country, that became Yoshi's Island, we now know, thanks to those Nintendo leaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was Rare's pitch with, with their uh, you know, 
advanced computer modeling graphics that really uh, made them decide to give Rare Donkey Kong after, you know, a couple like, well, what what should they do? Maybe a Wario game, Donkey Kong versus Wario, War, uh, Donkey Kong. We'll just do Donkey Kong. And then the, the game that was in the works by the Yoshi's Island team became Yoshi's Island. But in, in some ways, history kind of repeats because now we have an outside studio doing Donkey Kong and then Nintendo decides to bring it back internally. Uh, we've kind of come full circle here, right? But um, yeah, and, and just as much, we've, we've also we've also had like if you look at the time at the time frame between like Donkey Kong Three, the arcade game, and Donkey Kong Country, we've also had like about as long of a, of a hiatus where the brand's sort of been on hold. Yeah, um, and that that's really you know like. <sighs> It's not been every fallow period for Donkey Kong has not been without reason. So, you know, ninety three they were developing this uh, like Super Donkey Kong game. Then it became Donkey Kong Country. Then Rare had the reins of the franchise uh, in full uh, through two thousand two. 2003 hits they're now with microsoft and then we're we kind of have what i call the donkey kong cold war where everybody's trying to do their own take on donkey kong you know we we had you know namco with their their bongo peripheral fuel party games we had Payon with their fan servicey peg swingers we had mario versus donkey kong which started off as an arcade revival where donkey kong is straight up a villain against mario again we also had Rare doing their Game Boy Advance remakes. Uh, so Rare still had a say in Donkey Kong's direction, which we'll come back around to. And then Nintendo EAD basically just reinvented Donkey Kong Country if it were to be created by Nintendo and did Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. And, you know, a lot has been said about Donkey Kong Jungle Beat over the years. And, of course, we now know that the one-to-one character replacements in the game, you know, Hoofer instead of Rambi... Orko instead of Engard. Um, that that was all done with the best of intentions, even if those intentions are immeasurably frustrating for any Nintendo fan who celebrates characters and lore over intercompany politics. Sure. Uh, n- and, you know, and, Nintendo... And that's kind of another perfect one of those examples of where, like, you know, you hate this now, but give it 15 years. Yes, uh, and, and granted, you know, Jungle Beat is a fun, fun game. Not my preferred take on, on what Donkey Kong should be, but as a one-off, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I I think the fear of, of Jungle Beat at the time was they're replacing what we love. Yeah, like, they're exactly. even trying to get rid of Diddy Kong. And when you don't have any of this history already behind you, that uncertainty is very paralyzing and it makes you feel like your own childhood is under assault mm-hmm. and and not not only is it like you don't have this history behind you but you don't have the life experience to really navigate this and so you know it seems silly now I, I, you know as someone well into his 30s but back then it, it was it was it was like what are you doing what are you doing to my beloved childhood property that really got me through those tough uh, adolescent years yeah like and, you, you like you take it personally and for that matter yeah, i mean you, you know shouldn't. if 
if somehow Heil from from 2021 could have come up to you then in 2005 and been like, "Listen, it's gonna be okay. This is this is what this means. It's not like he he wouldn't have like that wouldn't have changed anything, you know? Probably you, not. Like he no. still would have felt the same way about it. Yeah." And, and you know we we know now too how Nintendo operates, and I bring I always bring this up, but it's why Wario uh, is barely in any mainline Super Mario games outside of like Super Mario sixty four DS, and that's because there there is this culture of respect within Nintendo where hey your team didn't create this character, you probably shouldn't use this character, and that's thrown out the window for things like. Mario Kart or, or party games or things developed by outside studios. But uh, under the purview of Nintendo, it's like, all right, well, what characters really need to be in this? And then after that, let's just create our own characters for it because we're a different studio. Uh, you, you see it all the time with Mario. I mean, that's why Super Mario Land was so different from Super Mario Brothers because it was a different team. Um, that's That's why, you know... I mean, going down the list here, you know, fans want Waluigi in Wario games. And and Waluigi doesn't appear in Wario games because he wasn't invented by the Wario team. And it's just (laughs) like, are you kidding? You own these characters. Why can't you put Waluigi in a Wario game? But that's why. And it's just it's just it's just this very, very frustrating culture for fans. But it makes sense from their perspective, even if I would argue that they they just kind of need to get over it. Or just ask permission? Or like, it's like, okay, so it would be like not putting the Guardians of the Galaxy in the Avengers movies because, well, those those are James Gunn's babies. We can't have them. And like, uh, shared universe be damned. Let's just let's just ignore the Guardians and create our own space-faring uh, team in, in, in these two movies. It, uh, it I know is, they brought is, in James. It is strange, but at the same time, I kind of feel like, you know, you brought up Super Mario Land. And looking at it, like, one of the things that I think makes the Game Boy library so fascinating, and I mean, this is, this interestingly sort of extended into Donkey Kong Land as well, is that, like, it had this such, like, a lot of, like, series that had, that had appearances both on consoles and on Game Boy felt like they had this very, like, bizarro world quality to them on the Game Boy that, that I think... Like, Donkey Kong Land and Super Mario Land 2, despite being made by completely different teams, they both feel like Game Boy games to me in a way that's hard to quantify. But, like, again, K. Rule was in Donkey Kong Land. They didn't replace him with, with, with Stinky the Space Ogre. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, it's it's just one of these things where, you know, this is a great philosophy to have, maybe, if we're getting, you know, six Mario games a year. But when we're getting two Donkey Kong games a decade, then all of a sudden the stakes are just absurdly high. You know, you're, you're just hoping against hope that somebody like Dixie Kong will appear that decade. Yeah. And, and it, it becomes something of enormous strife. Uh, and so, um, yeah, anyway, um, I don't even know how we got on this tangent about characters. <laughs> We're talking about the rumor. We're talking about Nintendo uh, EPD. <laughs> I, anyway, it was like Jungle Beat or something. Yeah, Jungle Beat. Uh, so they did this, this like uh, their own takes on on Donkey Kong Country elements, but out of respect because Jungle Beat was such a different game than Donkey Kong Country, they felt it would be disrespectful. It would sully the the likes of Candy Kong, 
and um, and Cato Nine Tails to ensnare <laughs> them. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I respect that. I think they were wrong, but I'm not upset about it. You know, it, it's just Nintendo being Nintendo. Um, what what happened there though was that the most consistently selling Donkey Kong games of that entire Cold War were Rare's Donkey Kong Country remakes, and that really had this ripple effect from then on. Uh, while we at DK Vine were wringing our hands about, oh, Nintendo hates Donkey Kong, Miyamoto hates Donkey Kong Country, we're never going to see Diddy Kong again. D- Donkey uh, Kong isn't going to be in Brawl because they hate him. They hate him. Yeah, they want him to die. That was a to- that was a DK Vine form talking point uh-huh. for a bit. Uh <laughs> Basically, what happened, though, was behind the scenes, Nintendo noticed that Donkey Kong Country still had legs, even though this was the whole era of, like, critical reevaluation, where, like, the the generation of the aughts were tearing down the generation of the 90s, and they were like, Donkey Kong Country was overrated trash. The the graphics, uh, how do you describe it, Josh? Dithered plastic? Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, you you, the graphic- you look at it blown up on, like, uh, God, it's even worse on, like, a modern TV, the, like, the, the enormous HD screens we have now. Uh-huh. This, like, Super Nintendo game running at 240p. And, like, you get razor sharp pixels on something like Super Mario World, and, you know, it's not exactly what it, lo- what it was meant to look like, but it still looks nice. Whereas, like, Donkey Kong Country just, like, pre-rendered games in general were so tied to the format of composite video and CRT displays. Like, I ha- I got a CRT a couple years ago, and, like, I-, I almost always, when I play Donkey Kong Country games now, I play it on there because, like, it's just... It, it, it brings back that level of realism and that level of atmosphere in a way that, like, playing it on an emulator just doesn't. Oh, yeah, I have a giant CRT TV uh, here in the office. It's just, like, taking up a bunch of floor space, but I don't care... Uh, I, I don't care. I, I, I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, this whole critical reevaluation where Donkey Kong Country is trash and it was just kind of torn down. Really, uh, a lot of it had to do with Nintendo fans being salty about Rare no longer being with them and therefore mm-hmm. trying to find fault in whatever the studio did. It's like, well, we're not even upset. Good riddance. And like, we never even liked Donkey Kong Country. That's the thing. You know, you said earlier that a lot of Nintendo fandom, like, on the internet nowadays is is sort of defined by the GameCube generation. And I think that's that's sort of always the case. And I like I look back um on like sort of gaming zeitgeists over the decades that I've been on the internet. And it seems like the the zeitgeist is always sort of determined by the people who are the loudest and and who mm. have who have like the most passion about these things, but also so, right. but also sometimes have the least perspective about them. And in the 2000s, you know, that was that was the 80s kids. That was the that was the NES generation talking about how oh, Donkey Kong Country is overrated. Rare was never that good. Uh, it was all style what? and no substance. Miyamoto, Mi- yeah. Miyamoto was 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 a god, and he had nothing yeah, to you, do with it. You you have this thing where like the the previous generation and the up and coming generation kind of join forces against that middle generation and kind of disregard <laughs> everything they grew up with, and then it just comes back around because then the next decade, then 
everything that that generation just had shit on comes back in vogue. I've talked about this phenomenon a lot here on The Conversation, but mm-hmm. there's a reason that things like Banjo-Kazooie and Conker and, yes, Donkey Kong, they've all, they all kind of came roaring back in the 2010s in some capacity yeah, I, uh, I, of, I, I, of I, fandom. I said this on Twitter a few weeks ago. I was like, in the 2000s, I was like, oh, God, the internet won't, won't shut up about the 80s. And then in the 2010s, I was like, hell yeah, man, the 90s were the best decade ever. We had, we had everything. The 90s were great. And then, and then now I'm like, ah, oh, the internet won't shut up about the 2000s. <laughs> right. It, it, and it's fine. It's yeah. just the nature of the beast. Uh, but the thing is, like, once something comes back, it doesn't necessarily go away again unless, uh, the fandom becomes disinterested, or you just let it wither and die. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna let anything happen to my babies. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep all this stuff relevant as much as as is within my power. Uh, but yeah, Donkey Kong Country, the Game Boy Advance trilogy, did su- a surprising amount of numbers for like lower fidelity remakes of games that weren't even really that old at that point. But this this was how like a whole generation of people were introduced to the Donkey Kong Country games. We talked about Returns babies. There were GBA trilogy babies out the wazoo. Oh, you yeah. still see them on DK Vine and in our community. Uh they're just like, yeah, my my first uh, my first Donkey Kong game was Donkey Kong Country 3 for the Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah. Um so the music wasn't this... that bad, you guys. Come on. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Nintendo took notice and they were like, well, this needs to be the direction of Donkey Kong. And uh, Rare, of course, saw the sales that this was doing. I mean, this was kind of at a fraught period for Rare, too, uh, having just been acquired by Microsoft and trying to find a niche on the Xbox that I would argue they didn't really hit until Sea of Thieves. And... They uh they they were making they were making bank on these Game Boy Advance games though, and they wanted to do Donkey Kong Country Four for the Nintendo DS, and Nintendo was like, well, actually, uh, you know, maybe we should do that ourselves so we can actually put it on the Wii because you can't make Wii games mm-hmm. and we can, so thanks, but we got it from here, rare. Uh, and that is kind of where the ball got rolling for Donkey Kong Country Returns. Uh, Michael Kelbow and, and the the team at Retro took the reins, and you know, it. I think it hit at the right time. Obviously, it hit the right time for DK Vine because we would not be here discussing this today if there was no Donkey Kong Country Returns striking when it did. Oh yeah, man! And, like in, in my memory, as soon as DK as soon as uh, DKC Returns was announced, like I went to DK Vine, and I think. I, I don't remember quite how long it took, but like the redesigned site was there. Um, I, I took that took about two months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, th- this was still when we were like soaked in neon and and uh, like we had the weird space aesthetic that didn't really fit Donkey Kong. But yeah, it it, it was an exciting time. And then for the next half decade, Donkey Kong was at home with Retro Studios and, and Tropical Freeze. Like, Tropical Freeze rectified a lot of the problems the older fans had with Returns. Even little things like the map screens uh, not having the characters on them. Uh, they, they they fixed that. They listened to the fans. And that was really cool and sobering. And they even used DK Vine's font at the time as, as the text font in the game. And I don't know how intentional that was or that was just a happy coincidence. But... Um, 
it was noticed. And uh, yeah, so trop, you know, tropical freeze. We still wanted Kremlins. We still wanted more animal buddies. Of course, it, you know, we're always going to have complaints about something. Well, in my ideal game, we would have 20 animal buddies and 40 Kongs. And, <laughs> you know, David Wise, Grant Kirkhope, Robin Beanland, Evelyn uh, Fisher, and, 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 and would all be doing the music and uh, Graham Norgate, you know, just get them all in there. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> but it's not going to happen. I mean, it tropical freeze, you know, I, I, I could sit here and say, I, you know, I don't really care for the Kongs being on the back of Donkey Kong all the time. Uh, I, I wish you could do this differently, but it's, like it's you, nitpicking. You, like you, it's, no game can, can, no game can satisfy every type of fan and, and it's going to satisfy everyone. But I think no. even if returns in tropical freeze don't do it for you, and I, and I totally understand why they might not for somebody, like you compare them to the DKC trilogy on Super Nintendo and they are very different games. But even if you don't, even if they're not for you, I think you can look, I think anyone could look at them and see, you know, this is, this is a quality product. This is clear. Yeah. Like this is, this is a good game. It's just not for me. Yeah. And I, I think too, that it's a point you hit in, in a fandom. And when, when you're, when you're a huge fan of something, you only have so long in that fandom as your fandom intensifies before you start getting critical. Mm -hmm. And and so I I would say like you, you have this like honeymoon period where a game comes along and then it's sequel comes along and you love the sequel even more. And eventually you hit the point where an entry defines the ideal for that series. And then once you hit that ideal, you can only go down from there. Right. Right. Um, So Donkey Kong Country 2 is the ideal for me. And so from there, you have a series of diminishing returns or why'd you do it that way? Or mm, not how I would do it. That's not how it was in my head. Mm-hmm. I, I, I imagine it would go like this and, and so on and so on. And you kind of have to divorce yourself from that because you're like, yeah, but guess what? I'm not creative director of this franchise, am I? I'm just a hardcore fan who's probably thought about this way too much and lived in this world in my head uh a little bit too often for comfort and and equally, this is something that i think is sort of a big part of the reason that fandoms can turn so can turn so sour and turn so toxic is that like it is not an invalid read of for example donkey kong country returns it's not an invalid read to look at it and compare it to donkey kong country 2 and say okay well here's what it do- here's here's what it does differently here's what it does worse here's like you th- th- that's it's not that that's invalid it's that fans sometimes too often treat that sort of read like it's the only valid read like the only yeah. thing like because you're such a big fan of something and because you care about it so much you get too in the habit of only comparing this thing you love to other versions of itself and yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you do that, like you're 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 not really allowing these things to stand on their own merits. But boy, it takes yeah. a long, long time and a lot of perspective to re- to really be able to see something you love that way. Right? Yeah, it, it does. And you know, the thing is, I will always have Donkey Kong Country too. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not going anywhere. That's and that's 
that's that's something that I can always revisit and go back to. So, you know, I, I don't want just more Donkey Kong Country 2. I want new experiences. I want to be surprised. So even if I never hit that the highs of that ideal again, uh, I, I need to keep perspective and still enjoy what we've got and, and look and celebrate the positive aspects of that and shrug off the things that don't really work for me because... Uh, you know what? You know, maybe maybe it'll hit with me harder next time. Granted, that's easier to do when you have multiple releases a decade and yeah. not two. Uh, so I I totally get why people like get frustrated, especially when say a beloved character like K. Rule doesn't surface for ten years because it's like, hey, you know what? Life is finite, right? Yeah. We're only on this planet for maybe a hundred years if we're lucky. Uh, and so if one tenth of that time goes by without any of these elements I like, uh, I start looking at my own mortality a little oh, bit. Geez. <laughs> yeah, you're running deep here, but uh, so so I get that anyway. So I I don't know why I'm just relitigating the history here, other than to kind of set the set the place, set the mood for what we really need to discuss. Oh, that, that's how that, so, that's how this show goes, man. Like I lo- I, I look at a topic sometimes, and I'm like, man, how are we going to make that an entire podcast episode? And then it's like, ah, we're going hit the answer. Same with my series, historical context. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. An hour in, we eventually get to the yeah, point. Exactly. Tropical freeze. Uh, was critically and commercially underwhelming at the time. It it was one of those things where, like Paul McCartney's Ram, and there's your Paul McCartney reference, take a drink, but uh, Paul McCartney's Ram, his sophomore album following the Beatles' breakup, was reviled by critics in its day. Uh, And it wasn't until several years later that people went back to it and they said, hey, actually, this is a really good album. This is actually the world's, like, first indie album uh, in that it just reflects a simpler life and uh, kind of eschewing the the rock star glamour and just returning to nature and escaping it all. And uh, I guess the audience of 1971 couldn't appreciate what it was saying, but now uh, it was kind of like em- embraced by millennial Beatles nerds because it really spoke more to our values than the values of the boomer generation. It's been, uh, and I feel like tro- it's been, it's been vindicated is, by history as TV yes. puts it. Yes. So tropical freeze is the Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney's Ram of the Donkey Kong series. And, and Jeff, Jeff Onan is out there. He's nodding his head right now. He knows what I'm talking about. Oh, this is, but, this is going uh, completely over my head, but I'm just nodding along. That's fine. That's fine. A lot of the stuff you talk about with Sonic goes over <laughs> my head, but I'm just like, I'm still nodding my head. I'm like, fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> so yeah, Tropical Freeze eventually found uh, an audience, even if that audience, you know, was, was always going to be nerfed by the fact that it was a Wii U game. And it was also released too close, I feel like, to... That Super Mario game that came out was it three uh, Super Mario 3D World or yeah so it was, it was one of them so game, the way, one of them yeah games. it was 3D World what happened was Tropical Freeze and 3D World were at one time both scheduled to come out holiday 2013 and then Tropical Freeze got delayed till February um, and I I've, it's always kind of seemed like for that sort of a delay they were just sort of trying to get it out of the way of uh, 3D World. Yeah, I I wonder if that was the case, but I feel like it just got the it got it got kind of a death slot. Yeah, and and hey, look, 
you know, Nintendo EPD's games are always going to kind of be given priority in Nintendo, which is why this this news, this rumor, uh, this heavily sourced bit of info is good news because it basically puts Donkey Kong up on this this throne that uh, he hasn't been sitting on in quite a long time. So anyway... Uh, but, but also, I, I do just want to say, also, you know, Tropical yeah. Freeze was a Wii U game. If it had come out in the holidays, how much difference would it really have made? With hindsight. Sure, sure. With hindsight. So anyway, following Tropical Freeze, Retro decided to take a break from Donkey Kong. They weren't going to go back to Metroid uh, unless they were dragged back to Metroid. Uh, they were going to develop their own game, their own IP. And this E3 2015, uh, this is where uh, we first basically made industry connections, DK Vine did. Because we went out to E3 2015. Uh, in, it was our first E3 in person. And this is where it gets weird for us because people who grew up reading DK Vine, who are now in, in, in the industry, find out we're there. They seek us out. Uh, and it kind of becomes... Uh, we gave the I, I gave the name Dave Throat to a source because it felt like Watergate, man. You know, clandestine people meeting you in parking garages. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's and I'm also a, a 1970s political nerd, so you know, uh, it, it is what it is. But uh, this is where we found out that David Wise was composing uh, the music for this new retro game, and we didn't know what it was at the time. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't even know if it was related to Donkey Kong or not, but just David Wise would be continuing to work with Retro going forward, which is really exciting, you know, uh, even if it wasn't Donkey Kong, that's still really awesome for David I Wise. I do remember that's, this, you know, because I some... remember a lot of people just sort of taking it as given, well, it's David Wise, it's gotta be a new Donkey Kong, and I think that in the years after Tropical Freeze, maybe, maybe for about, I'd say as late as, like, the Switch release, even... Like, we were still sort of taking it as given, like, we were still talking about the DKC Returns trilogy. Like, we were almost, like, like yeah. the, 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 the sort of cultural fandom osmosis had pretty much convinced itself, well, this is going to be a trilogy. Retro's going to do at least one more. Right. Donkey Kong Country Baja Blast mm-hmm. is the jokey fan title that DK Vine gave this this phantom third game. Uh, either from Retro or we even, you know, considered the possibility that maybe like Monster Games, who handled the Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D uh, yeah. port on the Nintendo 3S, maybe they could just take it over. So it'd kind of be like how teams at Rare shifted and a new team handled Donkey Kong Country 3 after the the Greg Mails, uh, Chris Sutherland team like moved on to what became Banjo Kazooie. Uh, wasn't wasn't to be, but we we didn't know that at the time, um, and so basically, Retro was doing this project. They were going to show it off at E three twenty fifteen. Actually, uh, they even made this tweet: "Can you dig it?" And then they linked to E three. Uh, this was a couple days before E three twenty fifteen, and uh, they were a no show at E three twenty fifteen, and that's because Nintendo wasn't happy with the game and said, "We're not showing." And it. it is insane uh, that it, that something like that, something that significant, could like be called off at the last minute like that. And and it's not like Nintendo really had a lot to show off at this E3. They had Star Fox Zero and and that that weird like handheld Zelda game, and then that Metroid game that really upset people, like yeah. Federation. The Federation whatever. Force, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I can't retain the, the names of these games if they're not DKU, but I mean, I, I remember distinctly, like, just the, like, 
it, it felt like just there was there was no enthusiasm for Nintendo there. And this was, of course, the Rare uh, E3, where Rare had its big renaissance, the renaissance. Uh, they had their Rare replay. They revealed Sea of Thieves. They had the new logo, and like everybody from Rare was there. Uh, even Greg Mails and Robin Beanland were there. I mean, this this was like a, a a big E3 for everyone but Nintendo, and um, yeah. And then it was just we didn't hear anything about this retro game, the Can You Dig It game. And I always think of Booker T, oh yeah, uh, professional wrestler Booker T. When I I just imagine him reading this tweet uh, because that was one of his catchphrases. Uh, I so, mean, maybe, that, maybe anyway. that's what happened. Maybe Booker T contacted uh, Nintendo about litigation and was like, "Hey, you can't be doing this." All right, yeah. And then he he did the spin a rooney. Mm-hmm. He like he like kicked them in the head and then did the spin a rooney and uh, raised the roof and <laughs> Booker T. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> I uh, retro continued to toil with his game and i'm not quite clear you know exactly when the axe came down but the axe came down eventually and of course we all know that they were eventually put on metroid prime 4 as basically like look metroid prime 4 also isn't working out we basically just need to pull our resources here your game's not working out this game's not working out you're doing metroid prime 4 now and guess what you're back under the uh authority of tanabi have fun uh and, and i love retro studios i really love what they did with the donkey kong country returns duology as we now have mm-hmm. to call it but uh, the the fact of the matter is had the series stayed with retro if the expectation was well retro is going to have to do donkey kong when they do donkey kong we might not have another donkey kong game for five to ten years from now i mean like it's like i don't even know like what's happening with metroid prime 4 if we're gonna get and you know tipped off about it at this coming e3 or what but uh you know retro it, it's taking them some time. So <laughs> it really I, I do want to say, like the 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 journalist in me has to ask, and feel free, feel free if if you can't if you can't speak on this, then that's fine. Uh, you yeah. said earlier that like Retro didn't want to go back to Metroid unless they were forced to. You sort of I I, I don't know if you worded it that way exactly. Like, was that the case? Did was Retro like we don't want to do Donkey Kong, we don't want to do Metroid? Or, or, or were they just burnt out on that? Were they? I, I I don't know if it's like we we never want to do Metroid again eh, right kind kind of like attitude I think it was more like we've done three of, of these course. what more can we really say um and it, it just it was like and now we've done two Donkey Kong games and you know may, maybe we could do another one but the reception to this last one wasn't I think they were kind of maybe spooked off doing another Donkey Kong game. Mm. Uh, based on how like the furor the tropical freeze raised at the sure. time, and I think it was like let's let's do our own thing instead of just reinterpreting something that already exists. Maybe let's do our own thing now. Uh, and I get a lot of like misinformation out there that this was going to be the chic game, right? Because uh, there's all this like news that Retro was going to do a chic game. This I don't think this was the chic. I think the chic game came before all of this, like the proposal to do a, a chic game. Um, but th- this was going to be their own thing, their their own IP for Nintendo. Um, and it's like everybody like uh, thinks of Retro as the new Rare under Nintendo, right? Like they even have an R name. Uh, this this Western studio that like r- 
worked on Donkey Kong, reinvigorated Metroid, you know, and and then like maybe they're going to create a, like a Banjo Kazooie for Nintendo, like you know Rare did back in the day. I am. I, and, I listen. If we don't get a new Ken Griffey Jr. game soon, I'm considering leaving the fandom. <laughs> And I think just the realities of modern game development have, have kind of hit retro in the same way that it hit rare in the yachts. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of like caught up with them a little bit and and just getting something new off the ground. Like what they, they lucked out when they hit upon the formula for Metroid Prime because they were able to make uh, three fairly lucrative games out of that. And then they were able to do Donkey Kong Country uh, and and reimagine that and and then i think just doing a new ip was just it, it was a tall order that for whatever reason and we'll, we'll probably never have the full picture here it just didn't work out Yeah, like like you uh, said Nintendo the, eventually the, the realities of modern game development are very different and i think people sometimes sort of underestimate how big of an effect that has because you know i see people in the Donkey Kong fandom and in the Sonic fandoms and in lots of different fandoms sort of lament, like, look at all of these games we used to get, like, 20 years ago. Look at how frequently... Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, a lot of them were crap, but, like, we got so we, we got so much more. Like, why, why don't they do that now? And it's because, I mean, game development has gotten so much more expensive. Like, development budgets have ballooned. Um, like, it's so much riskier now than it used to be to, like, take a risk on even like a second tier property. Yeah. Like the closest equivalent we have to like the, the, the gaming process of our youth. And I mean, our youth, not like not, not the, a lot of the people listening to this who are younger than us, but I think that would be indie games. And even then the process is wildly different and more prolonged. And it, it's not just, we're, we're churning out game after game after game. Um, but yeah, I think you have to look to like lower budget titles to get that. Um, but when, when even something like Donkey Kong has a lot more capital behind it than you know than it had back in the day. So yeah, like like you look at you look at any platformer series short short of Mario, and I'm, I I mean sure I'm sure even then Mario has been affected to a, to some degree by this, but like. To a certain extent, those of us in the in the Sonic fandom and in the Donkey Kong fandom, we're very lucky that we're still, like, in the conversation, that we're still getting games at all. Because, you know, you look at, like, Spyro the Dragon or Klonoa or, or a lot of those, like, they it's been, it's been decades since their last, like, brand new release. Well, Spyro had the Skylanders franchise, technically. Technically, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and but you know, Crash has just had this big resurgence, Crash Bandicoot, and now that might be out the window because you know, Activision is pulling all resources mm-hmm. into Call of Duty, as I already yeah, mentioned. man, like the, the whole so, time I was playing Crash Four, I was loving it, and that, but but there was this this little voice in the back of my mind being like, man, I sure could go for like two or three dozen more games a lot like this per year, you know, <laughs> and then of course that yeah. news comes out, I was like, oh I- well, I guess we'll get less than. And and as I mentioned on Twitter, when the news the news broke about what Activision was pulling, it's like just remember, Activision was in the running to buy mm-hmm. Rare back in two thousand two. Uh, thank thank Log for Ken Lobb and and everyone at Microsoft who who made the deal happen because uh, all things told, you know you can have whatever opinion you want of Rare under Microsoft, but we fared way better, way better than we would had they remained with Activision. So. 
Um, as, as I, I made the joke that the water in the new Call of Duty would be excellent, yes. though the best you've ever seen. Yeah, but uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> I like. I I don't think it's it's even a question. This hypothetical had Rare been bought by Microsoft or by uh, Activision in two thousand two, then Rare would no longer exist as as like a separate entity. Speaking of Activision, yeah. so two thousand fifteen. E3 also saw the announcement that Donkey Kong was joining the Skylanders franchise. Mm-hmm. And this was like when Reggie held up this damn Donkey Kong Skylander amiibo hybrid turbocharged Donkey Kong. I'm looking at him right now because he's underneath my amiibo shelf. Uh, and and I, I, I love this ridiculous evil Knievel jumpsuit wearing Donkey Kong. I think it works somehow. But uh it was just like, what? <laughs> what? Like, what is this? What is this? This is, like, Skylanders. Uh, so, at the time, we learned that this was done because Donkey Kong had not had a new 3D game in quite a long time. And this was kind of done as, um, well, this would be a kind of a cool treat for Donkey Kong fans, right? To to have Donkey Kong in this 3D game, even if it's Skylanders, which is, you know, uh, I think several rungs more juvenile than than Donkey Kong games were ever presented. Donkey Kong always had this kind of um, sarcastic edge to it that Skylanders is a lot more earnest and Saturday morning cartoon. Like, even the voice acting with, like, Patrick Warburton. I remember playing Superchargers and being, like, just kind of, like, hoping nobody could hear me playing this. Because <laughs> I felt, uh, I, I felt like I was, um, my, my adulthood was being stripped from me <laughs> a little bit, I guess. Yeah, but, but, I, but, but I, I also I, see that you know. being, like, a major, like, boon for it. And perhaps introducing Donkey Kong as this separate character from, like, the Mario Karts and the... And the Mario well, parties. He, he was also with he was also with Bowser, so he still kind of had that tether. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it was it was it was still cool, and I it, it led me down this dark path where I was trying to buy all the Skylanders because I'm a completionist in whatever I do, Josh. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have a whole closet full of Skylanders hey, now. Hey, Crash Bandicoot was like also my... in that same Skylanders game, wasn't he? He was in the next one. He was in Imaginators. So, so Crash uh, but and Kong Donkey are not, Kong... in fact, strange bedfellows. It, it did not become real. No, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong can, in fact, be playable in the Nintendo version of Imaginators. So you can have Donkey Kong and Crash in the same uh, game. It all, it, it all comes full circle, doesn't it? Yeah, like everything we're talking about, it's amazing the same actors continually pop yeah. up. Like, oh, here's how Activision comes back into this. Here, Here's Rare mm-hmm. again. Uh, but anyway, so, so this was the first, the first of what I'm going to call the stop gaps because Nintendo was like, okay, this is going to be a stop gap for Donkey Kong while retro is trying to get their house in order. We don't really like, they they didn't want to be like, I I don't think they really wanted to be like, yoink, we're taking Donkey Kong now. Like, you know, because, because you're, you're struggling with your project. And granted, this was only a year and and some change after Tropical Freeze. So it, it's not like there was this super long development time, but Nintendo was already unhappy with this game. They pulled it from E3. I mean, damn, that's, that's cold. Um, but uh, at a certain point, and I'm not quite sure on the time frame here, might have been 2016, uh, sometime a little bit later, this outside studio took over, and they they... 
started work on the new Donkey Kong game. And again, I can't really talk a lot about this, but a lot of cool things from what I heard. Um, a lot of things that I think mechanically would please a lot of people. Interesting. Um, basically, people are going to like parse my words and try. He says mechanically a lot. He's talking about a racing game. <laughs> it's a new Diddy Kong. No, no. It, it, this, this was a mainline Donkey Kong adventure mm. game. I'll say that much, okay? But... Um, as time went on, then Nintendo made the decision. I think Miyamoto had a factor in this, but it was also EPD devs who were big Donkey Kong fans. Like we we want to we we would love to work on Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong needs to come home. Donkey Kong needs to be developed at Nintendo. Donkey Kong needs to have stability. Donkey Kong has not had stability in twenty in uh, what will will be going on twenty years next year in our real time here. And so they made the call and the project got canceled. Um, I think it was, it was kind of just like, all right, fine. M- mutual party in the ways here. But then Donkey Kong came back under EPD. And this is when the next batch of stop gaps happened. Uh, Tropical freeze for the switch was announced. This was actually done by retro retro came back to Donkey Kong while they were kind of in this perpetual development hell limbo. Uh, and Retro, by the way, wanted K. Rule as a secret final boss of the Switch version. Uh, by this point, Sakurai had already, like, Sakurai and his team were, you know, obviously putting K. Rule in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And I think the hammer came down. It's like, no, no, like, K. Rule's re-debuting in Smash Ultimate. We're not going to waste K. Rule on a port of a Wii U game. No, so Retro tried. Ret- Retro didn't know this. As far as I understand, Retro was like, yeah, let's give the fans really what they want. Let's bring back K. Roll. And Nintendo was like, actually, we're already doing that. Sorry. Uh, so they're like, new funky mode. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you, you know, like, as cool as that would have been, like, with the benefit of hindsight and knowing, like, how, like, what a big moment it was that K. Roll was in Smash. Like, you know, I, 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 think, I think it all worked out for the best. K. Roll being in Smash and coming back via Smash was a far bigger deal than K. Roll being a secret boss in a like port or remake of of a pre-existing game. And I said once before, somewhere along the way, I think K. Roll needs to come back in a Donkey Kong game first. I was mm-hmm. wrong. Like Smash is the kingmaker. Smash sm- Smash has like the ultimate authority now whether we like it or not whatever smash says be- becomes the zeitgeist yeah. and be and and takes on this air of permanence right like there's a reason captain falcon is the falcon punch guy from here on to eternity smash has deemed it so um uh, k rule is now a big fucking deal a major nintendo character because smash has said it it shall be so. It is done, and and so had K. Roll come back in more like meager terms, it would have blunted his Smash appearance a little bit. Because part of the reason that was such a big fucking deal was, oh my God, K. Roll is back. It wasn't just K. Roll's and Smash. K. Roll is fucking back, uh, mm-hmm. and y- you know I I think it would have been a treat for pre-existing Donkey Kong fans. Smash made new K. Roll fans, and that I think is a bigger deal. 
Yeah, like I, I, anyway, I think I think um, if it had happened in the original release of Tropical Freeze in 2014, which would have been you know before Smash Four released even, like, and I, I remember at the time, you know, I, I think that like the, the the silhouette of the final boss, people were like, oh, this must be K. Rule in disguise, and that would have been cool. That, but but I do think that yeah, yeah like putting putting K. Rule in the port of tropical freeze for the switch absolutely i agree would have just would have just sort of blunted what what was going to happen just a few months down the road that being said props to retro yeah. i mean like they 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 had the best i think retro has always had the best interest of the fandom in heart at heart and and they really tried to make things work for us with the restrictions placed on them with nintendo corporate politics placed on them uh, a lot has been made about Tanabe and kind of like his his rigid influence. Uh, I think Tanabe helped make the games better in a lot in a lot of ways. I think he had some silly edicts along the way that I I don't understand. I think it just it's kind of BS. Uh, and I think Tanabe represents an older generation in Nintendo that you know you you can agree and disagree. There, there's there's a lot of merit behind those philosophies, and I think there's a lot of rigid thinking that maybe needs to be. Uh, chipped away at a little bit with the, the new blood uh, of uh, of Nintendo. By the way, Booker T, I think, was never part of the new blood, but he fought the new blood. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but he was actually going by GI Bro at that time. Oh. WCW well, 2000. Let me, hold on, let me just open up another cider here. Uh, mm. <laughs> so, wait, anyway, so what you're saying uh, is, is Tanabe so, is sitting there going... You youngins don't understand that pre-rendered games need to be played on CRT televisions. <laughs> Real music is on an, is meant to be listened to on a wax cylinder. You know, but before I move on from discussing Tropical Freeze, I, I will say that you can tell with the Snowmads that they tried their hardest to recreate the magic of the Kremlins without actually bringing back the mm-hmm. Kremlins. You just you look at the snowmads and how they behave and the, the various characters that fill out their ranks, and you you can just insert the Kremlins in your mind, uh, and just like ploop ploop ploop, <laughs> and and it, it totally fits. Even Lord Frederick was basically K. Rule's greatest hits, and that's a detriment, I think, to Lord Frederick because I think Lord Frederick needed to be his own thing, and, and instead, basically, the whole boss fight with Lord Frederick is. What what if we just have everything K. Rule did in the three big boss fights in Donkey Kong Country, the, the original trilogy, and, and we just do them all here? I it, it, <sighs> I don't know, man. Lord Frederick never talks about how his wife is how he used his wife's pots and pans. Lord Frederick never talks; <laughs> he just laughs. And I, again, that, that's another Nintendo trope, though, is the, the silent characters mm-hmm. who just like emote through expression. But um. The same day Tropical Freeze for the Switch was announced, we also got a second Donkey Kong announcement. This was a very odd start to this conversation season. Uh, it, it was the Donkey Kong Adventure DLC expansion to Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle by uh, Ubisoft. And Grant Kirkhope, of course, did the music for the uh, for the original. And so Grant Kirkhope did the music for the DLC. So it was Grant Kirkhope back on Donkey Kong for the first time uh, in in Donk- since Donkey Kong 64, I guess it would have been decades yeah. at this point, close Almost. to two decades. Yeah, and um, so this this was the second stopgap. It was like while we get our our ducks in a row, 
we're, we're going to have these two Donkey Kong projects that will at least give Donkey Kong a cultural footprint on the Switch while we at EPD get to work on actually making the next Donkey Kong game. So, you know, I don't know if these... Like, we might have always gotten Tropical Freeze for the Switch, right? Because it is a practice of just putting Wii U games on the Switch because the Wii U was a massive flop. Yeah, like, at this point, and, I'm and pretty sure waste... almost every every Wii U game that could realistically be on the Switch uh, is. But the timing right. of it, I think, uh, it isn't coincidental. Uh, I'm led to believe it isn't coincidental. And that uh, we, we had these two big Donkey Kong projects lined up uh, while... N- I, I don't think development had started on the EPD game yet, but they were planning to do it uh, once, I think, Odyssey uh, like was released. And, well, well, we'll get into Odyssey a little bit here, too. So, that's basically the rumor. Uh, that That's basically... W- what my sources have told me and what others, other people's sources are telling them. And, um, you know, truthfully, Josh, I have not been updated on this game in over a year. Uh, I, all my information that I've given is, is basically, uh, over a year old at this point. So now I'm in the dark as much as anyone is. Uh, I get a sense for a bit of more of the understanding of the history leading up to it. Um, so I'll say this. Everybody is expecting now this game to be announced at E3. And I, I'm, I, I'm, I don't want to be the buzzkill. I don't want to be the party fowler here, but I, I will say that there are a couple of things we have to keep in mind why it might not appear at E3, but why that's not necessarily a bad thing if it doesn't appear at E3. So we're going we're gonna to go down this list. I'm, I'm going to bring down everybody's mood, and then we're going to take some calls to kind of speculate what this game might be. And then we'll, we'll, get, it, we'll get into all of that. So, as I said, I haven't been updated on the development of this game in, in over a year. And, of course, in that time, we've had a massive worldwide pandemic. So... COVID has delayed everything. I mean, COVID really, like, just stuck a wrench in the gears of the entertainment industry, let alone the video game industry. Everybody's been working from home. And and while I think things are back on track now, I know, like, in Japan, things are still spotty with the vaccine. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, I have and, a friend who lives in Japan, and, yeah, he he says as much. We've both been fully vaccinated. A lot of our friends here in the states have been fully vaccinated, but uh, it, it's it's still a struggle uh, in other parts of the world. And so, you know, I don't know. As I haven't been updated on, I don't know how much COVID has has really uh, ground everything to a halt. And I, I say all this, I could get an update about it, you know, in a day or two, even before this episode goes up. Who who's to say? But as as of our recording. I, I, I am in the dark. Also, Donkey Kong's actual 40th anniversary. Everybody's bringing up the 40th anniversary as if you know, Nintendo's going to do something like the 35th anniversary of Mo- Super Mario Brothers. Donkey Kong's actual 40th anniversary isn't until July. So I could see a completely separate Nintendo Direct uh, for Donkey Kong's 40th anniversary where, one, they reveal the new game, and two, they reveal the theme park expansion the theme park expansion is another reason why i'm hedging my bets if it's actually going to be shown off at e3 because 
they might co- coincide with when they're ready to reveal the the Donkey Kong expansion at Super Nintendo World and Universal Studios parks. And, and we know this is coming. We know it's under construction right now. Uh, they purposely didn't talk about it at all when they did the big reveal of Super Nintendo World. They just showed off, you know, the Mario area that's open now. So we know this is coming next. We just don't know when they're going to kind of pull the curtain off. We've we've all seen the diorama. We've all seen what they have planned, the minecart roller coaster. Uh, there, a lot of excitement about it, but... And that's see that's that's brand sort of the key, synchronicity. That's sort of the key thing to me, like in in like my experience in like you know like you getting up and seeing this news broken and seeing everybody having discussion on it. It's like how many years ago has it now has it been since that that diorama came out? Like how long have we known about that? Uh it's been a year and a half or two yeah. years. Um. Again, COVID, yeah, COVID, COVID slowed but, but, down yeah, everything. But, but like that, that's uh, the COVID's... thing, though. Like when when I saw everybody talking about this, and you know, I guess I didn't immediately think about it in terms of like what you were talking about at the top of the episode, where you haven't like reported on it; you've just sort of alluded to it. Um, but I, I yeah. saw people talking about this, and I'm like, yeah, like I'm I'm I've I feel like I've been aware of this for so long. As is anyone who regularly listens to the conversation or follows DK Vine or Kremlin campaigners on social media because they've also yeah. really been talking like, about it. It sort of reminded me of the um, feeling I got like when Mario Kart 8 came out on the Switch and everybody was like, oh, this this great new Mario game. I'm like, no, nah, I've, 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 I've played this years ago. What are you talking about? It, it, it did honestly make me feel a little good uh, in that initial reporting period on wednesday when i people were tagging dk vine and they're like i actually heard about this first from dk vine credit dk vine and i was like oh thanks but it's not really necessary i'm not i'm not after that clout here i'm just uh i'm i'm just making my silly little podcast over here but uh the the other thing I, i want everyone to keep in mind too is about e3 itself i know e3 is this romanticized notion and heavily romanticized by DK Vine, but let's all be honest. E3 isn't what it used to be, especially this year. There's no in-person E3. Mm-hmm. And, and I know a lot of people consider E3 to solely be the reveals, right? That's E3. E3 is just this time. It, it's gaming media Christmas uh, or, uh, or or some other big gift giving holiday where where we get all of this news at a very specific time of the year. But but E three is a three day press event that the reveals are actually leading up to, uh, and there are no games that are going to be demoed by the press on a, in a convention hall this year. That's not happening. This is all done virtually. So, you know, if Nintendo wants to wait to reveal the game for whatever reason, there's no pressure on them to have a big showing at E3 when they can instead use it to punch up a Nintendo Direct later in the summer or the fall or whenever they're ready to sync up some of these announcements. So, yes, we might see it at E3. I'm hopeful we'll see it at E3. But I really do hope everyone checks their expectations as much as you possibly can. Because if it's not shown at E3, that just means it wasn't ready to be revealed. It doesn't mean it's not happening. It's not a can you dig it situation where Nintendo's like, nope, canceled. 
fuck Donkey Kong in, in into the no hopers bin it goes. <laughs> but but, uh, but also, it, it's, you're, but also you, possibly maybe it's it's not that it's not ready. Maybe Nintendo thinks it's it would be more strategically advantageous to reveal it at a, at a different time. Yeah, yeah. So like my my biggest anxiety about all this breaking in a way that I I hoped it wouldn't really break. Uh, and of course, it was always going to break when bigger uh, bigger outlets got tipped off about this. I'm not like trying to hoard this info like I'm some greedy gorilla with bananas, but I. I, I do like I do worry that now the expectations are through the roof and now people are looking at me like, is it coming at E3? Are we going to see it at E3? And I'm just like, yo, I don't know. Like everybody just sit down, chill, uh, maybe take half a pill and calm down because uh, your guess is as good as mine at this point. I've shared everything and I've I, been I think, told at this point. I think point. sort of keeping those expectations in check is very important for two reasons. Number one being, you know, I being a, the, I guess a Z-list internet celebrity working in games, like, you know, I've I've had sources before and I've had people like within the industry sort of let me in on some details before. But I feel like what happens with a lot of these leaker, like the, the these big prolific sort of leakers, a lot of what they do is kind of, oh, how do I put this? It's kind of like you said, reading the tea leaves. Like, they don't always have, like, the exact details on what exactly this is going to be. So, but but they have, like, an inkling of, of what it is. And so what they'll do is they'll take that and then they'll sort of extrapolate. Well, so it sounds to me like this, like it'll be this. So a lot of it ends up being this sort of educated guessing. Like, um, I know there's yeah. been a lot of consternation lately over... This D, this rumor DK game is it going to be two D or three D? And like, I don't know. I don't really know if that information is out there in any significant degree. I, it may, it might be, it might not be. But I think there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of guessing. There's a lot of sort of hedging your bets. Uh, the other reason I think it's so important. yeah yeah. And, and, well, I was just going to say I openly like speculated and I pointedly said I do not know in my article where I said, because I have not been tipped off about whether this is 2d or 3d, you know, maybe it it could be some sort of weird hybrid or, or something that like straddles the line between both. And that's why I haven't been tipped off. And that was just like naked speculation that I openly said it, but I see people now Mm -hmm. taking that Heil from DK vine says it could be, I'm like, I I wasn't getting that from (laughs) myself. I, said i do not know but people are already running with yeah, that, that so that, that's you know, what it you, is like having sources on this stuff like you said there you you said there is smoke to this there is a fire behind this smoke but like most of the time if you have a source then what you really end up knowing is you're you're more aware of the fact that there is smoke and and sort of a general idea of where it's coming from and not necessarily what's what's caused the fire if that metaphor makes yeah. sense I tell you, Josh, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become Kevin exactly. Callahan. <laughs> but so anyway, like I, I want people to enjoy E3 no matter what happens. And and I, I've lived with my fair share of disappointments during E3s of the past. Uh, I, I think this E3 should be, uh, you know, it's, E3 always has this festival 
environment, even when you're at home. And we're all going to be from home this year. But I think like E3 has always just felt like gaming Christmas, as I said, right? And it's always just been this like early kickoff to summer where everybody just kind of lives and breathes games for a week. And it's it's always been like even in my childhood days when I would just read about E3 in magazines, Nintendo Power, uh, there there was always this this magic to it. And, you know, we didn't have E3 at all last year. It's coming back in some form this year. And I think we should just enjoy that. And, and rest assured that even if we do not get the big news that we're hoping for, take solace in the fact that it is coming, right? Like, it, it, we, we will get there eventually. And as much as we all want to kind of get past that initial hurdle, good times are right. We are not the F-Zero fandom, oh, right? We're not fandom. the Earthbound fandom. And, and I have to say, can I just say really quick before we take these calls, that I have probably the largest respect for the Earthbound fandom out of any fandom out there because they have taken the 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 least amount of stuff <laughs> and made the most out of it right like they there's only been two official earthbound releases in the west and one of those only came out a few years back um and that was just a, a finally an english translation of the original uh mother which, game which itself and, had just been sitting on the shelf since 1991 anyway yeah, yeah. So like it's just but like they they still go at it. Like I think the the Earthbound fandom and and I'm sure there's there's toxic elements in that fandom as there is in any fandom, but by and large like that is I think the ideal what what a fandom should strive to be that you know you 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 just take it as it comes to you and you you just kind of laugh and have a big smile and you you prop up all the silliness and uh celebrate it in your own way. And uh so uh, yeah, that, that's just my advice going into E3 this year is is think of the Earthbound fandom and and try to that's, be like that's that. really good advice. Yeah, and that that's kind of exactly what I was going to with the uh, with my second reason that expectations are gonna like run the risk of being too high is because you're right there was no E3 last year and even beyond that, like I I, I like as somebody like this this is my primary hobby this is my pri- like this this is this is one like gaming itself is one of the things that I am most passionate about in my life and I know for me that at a time it was frustrating last year not, not that I ever held it against anybody because of course I totally understood it but it was frustrating to me personally like as a gamer like that the release schedule after like April or April or May just died just dried up so much like especially because this was a time when you know like I really needed I really 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 needed distractions and it just seemed like no news was coming and of course it wasn't how could it that's that's totally fine but I think because we've all sort of collectively been through that this E3 runs the risk of being like this has to make up for two Christmases so to speak I and, I, I remember when like Nintendo had their first direct uh uh couple months back and people were upset that the donkey kong like people have been following this uh were upset that the donkey kong game wasn't announced there and i'm like well what were you were you expecting it to be announced there like come on like (laughs) but so i i think a lot of my anxiety this week my my grocery store panic if you want to call it that has been that now i feel like i like 
I am responsible for the mental well-being of thousands of people out there. And, and, and oh, that, God, like, that I, I, I felt that. I have felt that. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I feel like if this doesn't show at E3, then I I have let down thousands of people. And, and I, uh, I, I honestly, like, I didn't even want to get out of bed on Friday. I was, like... I felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest and not the Ellie animatronic that we've seen in diagrams and dioramas from uh, the Donkey Kong section of Super Nintendo World, but just like a full on like pachyderm, right? And I was just like, <sighs> and, and eventually I shook it off and I got a shower and I and I went went online and I just doubled. And I was like, okay, we're recording. We're recording the conversation. This is when we're doing it. Uh, I got better. I got over it. So I'm living with it. I, I'm managing my stress. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't want people to uh, have a, a less than stellar E3 if this gets revealed a month later or two months later or, or six months later. I mean, who knows when it's going to be revealed. Uh, th- there's a lot of speculation that this could be Nintendo's big holiday game for the year. And and it's true we don't know what their big holiday game is going to be, but again, like who who even knows what anything is going to look like after COVID? And you know, but, with, but I do think that's sort sort of going in line with what we were talking about earlier with like time dilation. Like to you to to you and I at this point, like three years isn't nothing, but you know we can wait three years. It'll it'll happen when it happens. That's fine. But like you know, if you're like seventeen years old, three years is an eternity. Yeah. And so being told that, okay, well, it's not happening this year or you're not going to get th- this version of what you wanted in exactly this way this time. Like, oh, you, now we're going to have to wait like like all this time. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, uh, I, I do recommend playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for the Switch. I recommend playing <laughs> Donkey Kong Adventure. By the way, we're, we will be doing a conversation about that finally. Uh, but it, it's they're, – they're just uh, – there, there is a lot of good Donkey Kong out there, but uh, I, I understand this. This is what everybody is looking to. This is, this is what like the future of Donkey Kong will represent. So, uh, a, a lot's on the line, both for the the fandom and just for like a general interest. Like, what's it going to look like? And that's where the calls come in because there's a lot of questions that are are being asked. Uh, lobbed our way uh, about what this game could possibly look like. So why don't, why don't we take the calls, Josh? Why don't we, uh, we we get to it and and add our expertise to the debate? But keep in mind that this will just be our expertise and not really coming from any of my sources. I Please don't <laughs> report this as fact. All right. Uh, let's take the first call. Hey guys, I was wondering, do you think David Wise will be back to do the score? Or will it be Nintendo in-house studio? Thanks for all the good work. Well, thank you for the call. No, I do not think David Wise will be back. Granted, like David Wise has been asked, I, I think, are you working on a new Donkey Kong game? And he's like, I don't know anything about it. No, I'm not working with anything with Nintendo right now. Grant Kirkhope said the same thing, basically, when he was busy doing uh, the new music for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate uh, with, with the Banjo-Kazooie uh, update. But um, I, I don't think this is just David Wise is under an NDA and he can't say. Uh, I, I think it 
wouldn't make sense for Nintendo to bring in a freelance Western composer, even if it is David Wise, uh, if they want to bring a level of stability to Donkey Kong. I, I feel like... One, it's just harder for them to work with Western composers. Uh, as Sakurai mentioned uh, in the the Banjo Kazooie uh, video he did, that it's just never done, right? Like it, it's it's just not something they do. Uh, with retro, it was different, of course, because retro is you know located in Texas, so it's much easier for them to get an Englishman with a saxophone uh, to do the music <laughs> for them. But uh, the one picture of David Wise, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just. I don't think it's just, I don't think it's in the cards. Now, I, I think that as much as David Wise coming back was like the biggest deal about Tropical Freeze on the day it was announced, I think, you know, we're we're just going to have to give uh, the new, uh, the new team, the, the new composer a shot because I feel like Nintendo does understand how beloved the music of Donkey Kong Country is. Uh, I, I don't think this is just going to be the hop and bop Super Mario music because it's Nintendo EPD. It's not just going to be, you know, wah, wah. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's going to have some new agey elements to it. It's going to have that like synth heavy uh, 80s vibe to it. You know, D- D- David Wise's music has multitudes, but it's, it's mostly like music that's very... Um, it, it can be very earthy. It can be very um, of like a, a spa type environment, I guess. Uh, and no, it can all... actually, Heil, my my sources have revealed to me that the entire soundtrack, you know, Super Mario World, all every song in there sort of fi- follow that same uh, that same let motif of in this game. Exclusive reveal right here. Every song will be Jungle Hijinks, oh, okay. but a different thematic remake of Jungle Hijinks. You're thinking of Super Smash Brothers, actually. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. No, it, it's you know it, it it like like I talked about earlier in the episode. Um, I think we need to be open to new experiences. As as mm-hmm. much as Definitely. I would love David Wise to just be chained uh, to a pipe in a basement. And just continually make Donkey Kong music until he turns to dust. Um, we did as get much ba- as you would like that. We 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 were uh, we we were fortunate enough to have new David Wise Donkey Kong music um, way past the point we ever thought we were going to see it. Right? Uh, we were fortunate mm-hmm. enough to have new Grant Kirkhope Donkey Kong music past the point we ever ever thought we were going to see it. So. I'm I'm kind of good. I'm I'm kind of good with hearing something new, and, and especially yeah, and like I feel like nin- this is Ninten- Nintendo's shot to really have a defining voice for Donkey Kong, uh, more so than Jungle Beat ever was. Because Jungle Beat, even at the time, it just kind of felt like a weird one-off. Even if we were worried it wasn't going to be, I think something in the back of our head always told us like. This isn't really, like, the direction of Donkey Kong. I think probably because we had four competing visions of Donkey Kong at the exact same time it came out. But, um, you know, I'm excited to see what Nintendo has cooked up. I mean, it could be way tonally wrong, and I will register my complaints. I won't, like, let that ruin the whole game for me. But, you know. um, Yeah, but that's that's, it sort of goes back to what we were saying earlier about you don't... you, You can... 
you don't just have to compare this new entry in the series to earlier entries in the series. If the music is tonally wrong, then it's it's bad because it's bad. It's not bad because David Wise didn't compose it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, like, David Wise isn't the only good Donkey Kong composer. I mean, Donkey Kong Country Returns wasn't composed by David Wise, and it had some, I think, excellent tracks in it. Um, I, I, I think, you know, we we romanticize certain figures in our community. I certainly do. And David Wise deserve his music does deserve to be romanticized because it's, I mean, it, it is just objectively amazing uh, works of art. Um, even if, you know, you do very much clearly hear the influence of like, well, that was inspired by Vangelis, um, you know, that and, and so on. But um it's it's still like i think tonally it sets itself apart from other gaming music especially in the genres that donkey kong occupies so um but but nintendo is also like recognizes like i think how much the 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 soundtrack of donkey kong is beloved donkey kong country is beloved so Mm Uh, I I I think they're going to try to emulate that, and at least to the best of their ability, while also you know striking a new balance. So, oh, you know, and maybe David Wise will be back. Maybe he's lying. Maybe you know they're they're <laughs> like really you know maybe Grant the experience with Grant Kirkhope and and the Smash team really uh, opened them up to working with Western composers. Who's to say? But my educated guess is no. Uh, but thank you for the call. All right. Uh, Ready for call two? Let's do it. Hi, Heil. Hi, Josh. This is Thomas of the Kremlin Campaigners. Oh, my goodness. It it feels like this week has just been a crazy whirlwind of everybody and their mothers in the mainstream really catching up with sort of the educated uh, speculation that most of us in the PK bubble have been doing for at least the better part of a year now. Um, It feels like we're really on the precipice of a new kind of chapter for the franchise on the whole just with the prospect of a dedicated in-house Donkey Kong team and kind of it, it what I like about it is it takes the pressure off of any given release because you know what if you don't like the genre whatever it turns out to be if you wish one legacy character or another would appear in a game again you know you, you can just wait until the next release instead of you know having to undergo a um, seven plus year hiatus which is something I did want to touch upon that I feel is a little bit of an underexplored aspect here and want to see your thoughts on. Uh, this idea that everything that came out between uh, Tropical Freeze's release and now from a Donkey Kong standpoint um, was a purposeful uh, sign to keep the, uh, the, the brand uh, relevant and in the public spotlight. Uh, I don't know what I, what I think about that. I mean, whether like Tropical Freeze Switch, for example, would have come out if there had not been this, this seven-year hiatus or... You know, if Donkey Kong would or would not have appeared in Rabbids DLC if we didn't have to wait this long. I'm curious as to where you fall in between whether this is these were intentional breadcrumbs on the path between uh, then and now, or if this was kind of just isolated indicators of um, Nintendo's uh, continuing investment in the brand. In any case, looking forward to getting your thoughts, and uh, can't wait to see what uh, next month and beyond uh, has in store. Take care. Thank you, Thomas, of the Kremlin Campaigners. Uh, check them out. Uh, K. Rule Country on Twitter. Uh, they were instrumental in bringing K. Rule back, and they're one of the loudest voices in the Donkey Kong fandom today. Uh, so, yeah, um, this is uh, something we were actually talking about earlier. I, and, and like we said, I think Tropical Freeze for the Switch 
would have happened uh, at some point. Uh, it makes sense. But uh, I, I think that the way they timed it definitely uh, was designed to kind of serve as a stopgap uh, while they were changing gears behind the scenes, uh, getting away from that outside developed Donkey Kong game and making a new internally developed Donkey Kong game. So I, I think, you know, had we not seen that, we might have still seen Tropical Freeze for the Switch that year. Uh, Donkey Kong Adventure, I'm not sure about, but uh, I, I think that Nintendo does things deliberately. Uh, and I, I don't think they do things just ad hoc, like, oh, let's just do that. Fine, whatever. I mean, maybe that's sometimes the case, but you can tell when they have an investment in an IP and, and a and a, a selection of characters and you can tell when they have no interest in it uh f-zero again uh hey hate, hate, hate to bring up f-zero because it feels like i'm picking on f-zero i'm not i feel bad for the f-zero fandom right now because uh, it just feels like f-zero is just this abandoned franchise um yeah it's 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 not that you're picking on them it's that they are the the sort of the apex example of this sort of thing happening. Yeah. Where the their the their last game was like 18 years ago at this point and it was fantastic. It was a wonderful wonderful game and it's just been radio silence ever since. Yeah. A- aside from Captain Falcon appearing yeah. in Smash series and you know Earthbound is kind of in the same boat uh as far as like oh well you can you can at least expect a little bit of fan service in Smash Brothers but that's essentially uh, where those series have gone to die or or retire, it's like the villages in Florida, right? We're just we're just gonna we're just gonna go there to to wither into a husk. But uh, apologies to any of our listeners in the villages in Florida. But <laughs> I think that Donkey Kong, you can clearly see intent behind mm-hmm. all of their decision making, including there, there's another aspect that I have not mentioned on this podcast that happened exactly the same time that these two did. Donkey Kong was split off from Super Mario's merchandising wing. So whenever merchandisers uh, license properties, right, they they license the franchise. And so it used to be you license Super Mario, uh, that would give you access to the whole range, the whole palette of Donkey Kong characters, Around this time, they made Donkey Kong its own merchandising brand. So now, uh, Donkey Kong is its own IP. It's basically its own merchandising IP. And so uh, this doesn't apply to deals inked before they split it off. So there, there are a few things that were grandfathered in that even though they just licensed Super Mario, they still have access to some Donkey Kong properties. But by and large... Uh, now things carry the Donkey Kong branding if they're Donkey mm-hmm. Kong merchandise. This is this has been a very noticeable shift in the last couple of years, and it's been intentional. And we saw a glut of weird new Donkey Kong merchandise since 2018, including Donkey Kong mm-hmm. shot glasses, Donkey Kong underwear. Really, they're just catering, I think, to the rare fandom. Oh, you like underwear? You like to drink? Here you go. You're all a bunch of alcoholics. 
who who have an exhibitionist fetish. There you there go. There you go. You're set. Uh, we haven't gotten like any action figures, any things that I I would actually have much interest interest in. But we have gotten shot glasses, underwear, and calendars. Uh. But like, yeah, yeah, that's that is a really important point to bring up. And you know, I talked earlier about. Whenever we found out that Donkey Kong was going to have his own dedicated section at this Nintendo theme park, that, combined with Donkey Kong being split off into his own merchandising brand, like, ever since then, I've been pretty zen about all this. Because it's just been like, clearly something's coming. Like, even had it not been for you, you know, sort of dropping hints here and there and dropping reassurances, I think you could just look at the, you just, you know, like we said earlier, read the tea leaves, like... Clearly, they're positioning Donkey Kong as, you know, as a big deal within Nintendo. And uh, I think our caller brought up something really interesting, and this may be getting way too far ahead of ourselves here. But if you look at sort of the track record of successful internally developed Nintendo games, I feel like they're like, um, like the Kirby series or like Splatoon I feel like they are way more likely to get consistent sequels and get consistent iterations within their series than something like F-Zero, which where the last F-Zero game was made via a collaboration with Sega. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely, like, as much as I think at, we at a certain point in our fandom and, and DK Vine's lifespan would have railed against... Donkey Kong being internally developed at then Nintendo EAD, now EPD. I think we all have come to the realization that this is the best possible outcome, short of of rare or or like platonic partnering with Nintendo uh, and saying like we'll make them, we'll make your Donkey Kong games for you. Because like, I, yeah. let's be honest, if platonic got like a boost of funds from Nintendo to make Donkey Kong games, I don't think any of us would be complaining about that, especially after Impossible Layer uh, showed that. Boy, they've still got it with 2D platforming. Holy shit. Um, again, if you're waiting for the new Donkey Kong game, Ukulele and Impossible Layer, if you have not played that, then you have no excuse. No excuse <laughs> for for saying, I want a new Donkey Kong game now, but I haven't played Impossible Layer. Impossible Layer is Rare's Donkey Kong Country 4. Remember that, that rare version of Donkey Kong Country 4 that I talked about earlier? Impossible Layer is it. Like, it doesn't have Donkey Kong in it. It mentions Donkey Kong. It mentions fucking and guard. It mentions It mentions Zinger. you, for that I'm matter. I'm a character in the game. <laughs> Why aren't you playing it? Uh, <laughs> and I, and, I, uh, and but, I don't mean DKU you. I mean Heil Russell you. Yeah. I mean, uh, Hive Russell is... Uh, Hive Russell. Mm-hmm. No. R- R- Russell is what they put on my Emmy. Uh, so, anyway, I think that... Uh, you know, outside of like a oh, rare or platonic is working on Donkey Kong again. This is the absolute best outcome for us, and we all realize that now because it's consistent. It it, it basically de- like demands that Nintendo is going to invest in the property and, and give it this clout and, and shine that they only reserve for their, the the tip tippy toppy franchises. And mm-hmm. and it's not really up to the whims of this outside studio is kind of interested in this and maybe we'll work with them and then we'll get one game and then probably nothing after that. Like, again, I, I mentioned the analogy of Donkey Kong couch surfing. 
well that's done he he's got he's got a nice uh he's got a nice studio apartment now and maybe nintendo <laughs> epd will let him move into bigger furnishings over time um and, and this is exciting for those of us who are like I'm I'm so worried if Dixie Kong is going to be in this game, or oh oh I I hope in Guard is back, or oh oh God if if if, uh, if Baffle Bear isn't in this game, I'm I'm going to throw myself uh you know down a flight of stairs. If um, Kitty Kong is in this game, I'll throw myself down a flight of stairs. <laughs> but I think all that pressure is removed if we know well if they're not in this game, there's always the next game. The next game will be right around the corner in a relative span of time versus you know th- this is what we're going to get this decade you know i think and, that and i think it's also shift. important you know it's it's perfectly okay to 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 want those things it's perfectly okay to criticize the game if it if it's not what you want of course it is but i think on some level like having a donkey kong game it's the same thing we were talking about earlier with returns and tropical freeze maybe it's not for everybody maybe it's not perfectly recapturing the magic of of what you want donkey kong to be but we'd still rather have donkey kong games than not have them exactly yeah exactly um that's why like i don't know i i fit this weird zen point in being a geek right where like i if if I don't have an interest in something, I just won't watch it or I just won't consume it. But like something like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where like I I have become a fan of it, right? I I, I made the James Gunn analogy earlier, but like I loved WandaVision, right? And, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, I loved about half of it. But I'm not gonna love like the ha- the the half. Of, I'm not I'm not gonna take the half of it I didn't really like and let it like just ruin. Like oh well, this was just the worst thing. I was like oh, I really enjoyed that bit of it, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take that from the experience rather than dwell on that weird third episode where it it, it was directed by the John Wick dude and it just it just felt totally off. You know, it, it's just like. And then even, like, you can take the stuff you don't like and eventually celebrate it as just this weird culling card in your fandom. And I, I wish more fans could do this. I mean, I think we or, do it We do it at DK Vine now, where, like, even Donkey Konga, we, we, we have in-jokes about it. And it's just kind of like, we're allowed to make fun of it, but don't you dare make fun of it because <laughs> you're outside of the fandom, you know? Yeah, but but it it is... You, I, I, I do totally understand. It's more difficult to see it that way, both when you have a little less perspective on things and when you're worried that this vision of something that, like, Donkey Konga, like, it's been, like, you hear, oh, God, it's been successful in Japan. They're just going to keep making these. What if this is all Donkey Kong is from now on? Right. Exactly. But also, you know, if Donkey Konga were coming out today... I think I would have a much more positive attitude about it than I did then. But maybe I had to live through the pain of something yeah. like Donkey Konga in my early 20s. It's hard to say how perspective develops over time. I, I do think, you know, you, you need to have some of that experience in your life uh, and then maybe help lead other people through their own uh, You know, it, it, I, I wish there was an older, wiser Heil uh, to guide that Heil back then. I know you said maybe I would have dismissed him, but I think like if if I if there was a more prominent voice in the fandom other than me uh, and Chad and everyone at DK Vine at the time, then then maybe it wouldn't like I I I felt I feel like I was the Pied Piper kind of leading everyone to ruin 
uh, and <laughs> just being being foul and nasty and just mean spirited towards everything that wasn't exactly what we wanted. And my my experience now running DK Vine is trying to atone for that and and being better, being a better steward of the of the fandom and and helping others like derive joy from it rather than being just this unpleasant experience in their lives because who needs that definitely not us and definitely not the people developing the games yeah and like that's that's one of the great things about fandom is because like even if even if the even if so and so game might not resonate with me and it might not like okay i don't really see the merit in this it's all like you can always find another fan who loves it and who thinks that this is wonderful and you can like I love watching videos of where people are talking positively about games that I don't like because yeah. because at at their best I can relate to them I can be like it's still not for me but I understand why you feel that way about it and I and I see the merit in it now. One of the most awkward moments probably on the conversation was when we had studio head of Rare Craig Duncan on the podcast and he said his favorite Donkey Kong game was Donkey Konga. And then we we had to react to that, and and I, I but I just remember it was like, all right, respect, like you know, <laughs> the the head of Rare, his favorite Donkey Kong game is Donkey Konga. How do I process that information? And I, I just like was internally laughing. I was like, all right, this is probably the funniest comment you could have made, and <laughs> and I'm going to. It's like it's like meme culture. I'm going to celebrate this. And eventually grow to love it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 just yeah. Um, but I, I think um, all all that said, like all the possible strife that could result, uh, I I think we uh, like most of the fandom is looking forward to seeing what EP develops. And I just want to say, like everybody should check their expectations because I can guarantee you, like I see a lot of like giddy excitement on the DK Vine forum right now. Where people are like, oh, I bet we're going to see this and this and this and this. And surely it's just going to be like fan service heavy because this younger EPD generation really loves Donkey Kong. And 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 I'm like, OK, it's not going to be Jungle Beat where it's just going to be Donkey Kong. Right. Sure. Uh, it's but it's not going to be Payon's games where you're going to have flip flap the bats from Donkey Kong 64 and, and all of this like ultra obscure fan service i think there's going to be there's a middle ground to be had there where you have enthusiasm for donkey kong and, and the total history of donkey kong with the nintendo corporate culture yeah uh, of course i mean it's not gonna be this like su- i don't think that at least for the majority of its runtime who knows about you know i we have no idea what this game is going to entail i think we just sort of it'll probably be a platformer and that's about what we've got <laughs> But, like, I don't think it's going to be the the extreme challenge gauntlet co- compared to every to most other games on the market nowadays that Returns and Tropical Freeze were. Like, while I agree that, like, Nintendo... Nintendo's not going to just make it Donkey Kong. It's not going to be Jungle Beat, like you said. I do think it's probably going to be geared more toward reaching as mass as mainstream of an audience as possible yeah. without alienating the existing fandom. And I think the important thing is they know there is an existing fandom now. That mm. that 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 is like that that is a difference um especially post smash ballot. And so I I don't think it, I don't think you need to be worried about Diddy. Uh the rumors 
mentioned Cranky. Nothing about Cranky has been mentioned to me, but I, Cranky, I think, is Miyamoto's favorite character or one of his favorite characters. Miyamoto specifically said to Retro, you, sh- you should bring back Cranky. So I, I, I have a feeling Cranky is safe. Uh, or at least it is probably a good bet if, if you and the betting markets want to put some money up for this. <laughs> uh, and K. Rule post Smash Ballot, come on. Uh, the, the Kingmaker has decreed K. Rule uh, is Nintendo royalty now, not just Kremlin royalty. So, uh, just, just I, given, given Nintendo's pedigree, I think they'll gear it in a way that it will exist mo- or it will satisfy most existing fans but i think it'll it's also going to be much more geared toward creating new fans it'll it'll yeah. it'll they'll, they'll they sort of try to position most of their games in that sort of realm of accessibility yeah and i you know um, i base that on kirby i base that on mario odyssey i base that even on breath of the wild yeah um, if, if the Kremlins are back as antagonists, because I could even see a situation where K. Rule is back, but the Kremlins, like the rank and file Kremlins, aren't. Um, I even even in my head, I've I've always like had this like idea where like K. Rule, uh, would be more of a anti-hero from this point forward because his popularity is too too wide like well why would we just sideline k rule at the end of the game Let, let's have k rule as as one of the main protagonists of the game um but i that's that's just speculation i'm not i'm not even going off anything there but um i i could see like if the kremlins are back we would have uh, i see in the live stream chat now uh kremlin enthusiast gothic teddy bear uh also also uh uh prolific donkey kong fan on twitter and somebody who's been tweeting quite a bit about these rumors uh from way before the the major news sites were reporting gothic teddy bear says i think we will get all new kremlins which is very exciting but critter and claptrap could come back and again smash mm-hmm. is the kingmaker and you look at like claptraps i think claptraps are uh some of the most well-known donkey kong enemies because of their uh frequent appearances in in smash brothers so uh, I, I think, like, that, and that's the thing people don't remember about the Kremlin crew. Not just the Kremlins, but, like, all the weird animals that uh, associate with the Kremlins and their, their military ranks is they changed them with every game. It, it, it wasn't often that the same ones came back. Zingers came back. Uh, and then Donkey Kong 64 brought back a couple classic ones. But, like, from game to game... They would they would change out the ranks, or they would have massive reinventions to the ones that were already around. So, Kremlins and the Kremlin crew can be anything. You just have to have some base crocodile enemies, crocodilian humanoid enemies, and then have whatever you want. So it's not even like you you need to just like oh well we have to have naughty and we have to have yeah. army and slippers and and you got gotta have. Uh, I, I don't mini I don't fucking, neckies. Mi, mini neckies, yeah. Um, you you don't you don't. Um, Rare never really held true to any of that. They they did whatever worked best for the game, and cert, certain ones became more iconic than others. Um, I I think that that gives Nintendo a great deal of freedom should the Kremlins come back. But anyway, we're probably spinning our wheels too much with this, uh, this call. We should probably, yeah, I, th- I think we've next. deviated two or three times away from the original question. Sure. We, we still have, as uh, we are want to do, we still have a few more calls to take and we could have already covered ground that these calls bring up. So let's take the next call. Sure. 
Hi, this is Traveler of the Stars. Um, decent long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I was introduced to the series in my childhood through Donkey Kong Country Returns, and I think I was introduced to the conversation uh, through your guys' discussion on King K. Rool coming to Smash, so I guess it's uh, apropos that the Geek Critique is here. Hi, Geek Critique. Um, my question, I guess, for you guys is, I don't want to cover ground if you guys have already you know, covered it, um, but obviously through your discussions over the years, I've heard, you know, Returns was, you know, you guys really liked Returns, but it was a bit different from, say, the Rare trilogy. Not as far removed as Jungle Beat, but still, you know, more removed. And then Tropical Freeze is more uh, closer to the Rare trilogy, but, you know, it was just like Animal Buddies and, you know, some other stuff that really made the Rare game stand up to you. And I know you guys don't just, uh, you know, oh, the Rare trilogy is objectively better than the Retro duology. Because, yeah, I mean, you, you guys put uh, Tropical Freeze, like, on par with Country 2, or at least close to that. So I know you guys just aren't uh, just blindly biased towards your childhood. But I guess my question is, uh, you know, say there's a, a monkey's paw, right? You guys want Donkey Kong games back, right? I think you've, you've compared it to Kirby before, right? You want some consistent games like Kirby, right? But let's say, you know, because if it's internally at Nintendo, it'll probably, like, stay that way, right? Donkey Kong Country has never been internally developed at Nintendo. Obviously, there's Rare, then Payon, blah, 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 blah. You, you guys already all know that. Um, I guess my question is, what if, say, it, it's is not as far removed as Jungle Beat, but it's close to that, right? But there are, like, the Kremlins, right, that are rumored. They're, they're back, right? And, uh, you know, Dixie and Diddy and Cranky, I don't know, it's uh, Unguard, it's, it's bringing back. And then, obviously, Randy will probably be back. I don't know who's going to bring back. Maybe, like, uh, like Bluster Kong or something, I don't know. Um, just kidding. But, yeah, so I guess my question is, what if, like, yeah, like, they start turning them out like Kirby games, right? You get, like, a, a decent number of Donkey Kong games, like, every couple of years, right? But they're more far removed, like, than even Returns was, right? Maybe a bit goofier in tone. And then a second question is, what if it's like Mario, like back in the day, and it goes 3D for a couple of years, right? So we don't get the typical side-scoring thing you guys are used to. What would you guys think about that? Um, personally, I want you guys to be really happy, because I know you guys have been waiting for this for this game for a while. But I know you guys will, you know, new Dr. Kong game, you guys are going to be excited. And I'm going to be excited, too. So uh, oh, I just realized maybe I stepped over the tone or did then. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening to me ramble, and I uh, hope you guys have a great day. Well, thanks for the call, Traveler of the Stars. I hope Wesley um, Crusher is doing well. <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, this this also speaks to a lot of what we've already discussed. I, I'll say this about worries about maybe the tone or, or, or how the game is presented. I think we don't need to worry so much. I see a lot of people thinking it's just going to be like new Super Mario Brothers, but like with Donkey Kong, right? Um, I think Nintendo isn't just going to make a Mario game and insert Donkey Kong into it. I I don't think that ever needs to be a concern. Um, And I know this isn't really what Traveler Stars brought up, but like I feel like they know Donkey Kong needs to set itself apart from Mario and Donkey Kong has its own niche Mario is, is plat- Mario is platforming 101. Uh, it's basic. Uh, and, and the 3D games are, are a little bit more involved and evolved. 
and and kind of you know go a little bit deeper uh but but the new super mario brothers games aren't innovative in the slightest uh so uh i i think donkey kong will find its niche and i think it will be rooted in what's come before um and i think as far as like tone goes if you just look at those uh the series of smash reveals the rivals trailer with k rule and the best friends trailer with banjo kazooie i think nintendo gets the tone of donkey kong at least they do now i i think the humor uh i think the um, the, the way the characters engage i think it's spot on in those trailers and i think if those trailers are indicative of what this new game is gonna look like and feel like then I think we have nothing to worry about, right? So, I, I feel like I feel yeah. like they know that Donkey Kong it has a more comedic bent to it, but it, it's a different style of comedy than than Mario going oh pasta lasagna oh I, I, I eat it all. Uh, I I don't fucking know like so whatever you, passes donkey, for humor. Is Donkey Kong going to be made Italian? <laughs> I don't think we need to worry about Charles that. No, Martinet I think, voicing Donkey Kong. No, I think Donkey Kong is going to remain weird, weird, like neutral as far as any ethnic stereotypes go. Uh, so, what, what it sounds to me like he's he's at, he was asking like sort of this monkey's paw scenario, right? Where we call them prosthetic golfing fingers here, but yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Where like we get it, it sounds like what he's asking is like. We get Engard, we get we get Winky, we get Animal Buddies, we get all the surface level elements of what we want. We get the character appearances, we get the Kremlings back, but the tone basic the, the are like Nintendo completely misses the tone. Like it's all surface level. Yeah. So so I guess the the the, the hypothetical is like. How would we feel if, for example, because we know this 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 did very well in, in Japan. Uh, how would we feel if, like, the new Donkey Kong came out and it was based mostly, or in large part, on almost like this revival or reimagining of the 90s CGI Donkey Kong Country cartoon? Would they break out in song every 10 minutes? God, I hope so. <laughs> no, I don't think we need to worry. Like, like what, what, I, what I was trying to say is I don't think we need to worry about that. I think Nintendo especially i and i th- this is i don't want to hang too much on this but all of this info that i'm getting and other people are getting about this being a project driven by a lot of the younger epd devs that are enthusiastic about donkey kong i think we don't ha- i i think the reasons their fans are probably similar to the reasons we're fans and there is there's been this misconception that there are like there's not really a huge donkey kong fandom in japan you know it might be smaller than than other franchises but it's smaller here too i i think like since i took over the dk vine twitter account one of the great joys is seeing the donkey kong and rare fandom in japan uh and how similar it is to our own like uh, here in the west people are people (laughs) we're all we like we Mm -hmm. we have cultural differences that i find that i i think we should celebrate and and and, you know like cherish but we're also more similar than we give ourselves credit for and i think that you know there will be aspects of this game that will be like not how i would have done it that wasn't how it was in my mind i'm gonna have to fan wank that away 
But you know what? <laughs> that That's just the nature of a long-running franchise. Absolutely. Um, I just want Donkey Kong back. I mean, God, I, I don't want to sound too thirsty here, but if this just was Jungle Beat 2, uh, minus the bongo controls, I, I, I would be like, fine. Like, give, just give me stability. Give me room to grow. I just don't want to be in the wilderness anymore. Um, yeah, you know. And, and I think that's where I am, too. I mean, frankly, you know, Returns and Tropical Freeze were themselves, like, and, and Jungle Beat, for that matter, were already such a tonal shift from the, the original DKC trilogy on the Super Nintendo. Like, but but I never I never felt like I held that against them. I never was like... You know, may- maybe I would have preferred it to be a little different sometimes, but like, I'll tell you what, like, what, one good example of this, I still get comments on this. For whatever reason, maybe I was just, I just had a little less perspective, but like, I went in so hard on DKC Returns ending when I made a video about it a few years ago. Uh-huh. And I look back on it now and I'm like, what was I, what was I so upset about? Why did I, why did I portray it that way? Like, I'm fine. I think it's, like, at this point, I think it's fun that DK, like, punches the moon. I still hate that, by the way. Uh, (laughs) I I still haven't gotten over that. And and that is, like, the moon punch. Again, that's one of those things where the fandom can't really agree on that. A lot of us hate it, but we know how to make light of it. It's not really this thing. Like, it's not like I'm I'm waking up in a cold sweat at 2.30 a.m. and I just scream, moon punch! Yeah, I I guess that's the thing. It's... It's not necessarily, it's not what I would have done, but I don't know, I think I came across like like I was offended by it, and I definitely do not feel offended by sure. it. But that's, again, you're a different person than you were seven years ago or whatever, like, yeah. it, it's, we, 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 we grow, and we evolve, exactly. and the, the bad thing about having any online output uh, is that then people can go back and, and hold up that view you had before you evolved and say this is what you think and it's like well not anymore and it's like it's like the criticisms politicians have for flip-flopping do you remember that flip-flopping oh yeah oh you're you're a flip-flopper because you said this one thing and now you say this one thing and how can i trust you if you haven't held true to your views at un you know rigidly unmoving and it's just like you know people are we need to allow each other room to grow and evolve uh, or else we are we are doomed as a species. We are doomed as a civilization. Uh, we we've um, got to allow people who are at least trying to behave in good faith room to grow. Uh, if I wasn't afforded that room to grow, like a oh god, I I would just <laughs> remain a miserable person. Uh, so I don't know. That that's just a long way of saying. Whatever the game is going to be, I am going to try to see the best in it and. I'm I'm sure it won't be 100% what I want. I'm sure it won't be 70% of what I want. Maybe it will be. Maybe I'm I'm being, you know, too cautiously uh optimistic here, but I think that um I am not going to be uncritical. Like I'm but not going to just be a blind Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be a blind zealot when it comes to it and be like we must agree with everything 100% or you're yeah. a bad fan. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to be looking to tear it apart. I'm I'm going to just, you know, take the things I don't like at face value, laugh it off, find ways to work around it in my head cannon, and move on. I mean, that's just that's just the nature of being a fan. And then the the other question he asked about was like, okay, for us, 
what if they do a series of 3D games for for a couple of years and and we don't right. and they don't yeah I mean this great and I made the mistake of like wading into some of the Twitter discourse around this a few, a few days ago like when this rumor <laughs> was first coming out yeah like two of my favorite genres are 2D platformers and 3D platformers and if pressed I would probably say I like to I generally like 2D platformers a little more but maybe it's the fact that I love both of them so much that makes I just get this weariness from the whole discourse around discussions like this both in this fandom and oh it's really bad in a Sonic fandom so oh yeah yeah so like I guess my thoughts on that on that are if it's 2D great if it's 3D Actually, I'm probably a little more intrigued that way because, like, DK64 was the, was like the one time this, this has been attempted and it was over 20 years ago. And I don't think, like, I can't imagine at this point that a new 3D Donkey Kong game would be in any way beholden to anything that DK64 did or didn't do. So. You're, you're absolutely right. It, it wouldn't be. Uh, it, it, it would chart its own territory and i think that look the next episode of the conversation i have planned assuming no more like big news about this drops in in the interim is a retrospective on e3 2001 e3 Mm. 2001 is what i hold up as the ideal for e3 because that is the e3 we had donkey kong racing announced we had diddy kong pilot announced we had uh donkey kong coconut crackers announced we we had uh, you know Banjo Kazooie Granny's Revenge, and then I think that was where we learned that Star Fox Adventures was what Dinosaur Planet became. But Tricky was still in it, uh, and and all, all this good stuff. But that like I think Donkey Kong can be anything. It, it can be any genre. It can be two D platformer, three D platformer, racing game, puzzle game. Give me Donkey Kong in any capacity. Just give me stability. Give me constant releases. Uh, don't let up. L- give yourself room to grow and evolve, and, and I will be happy. And and you know, Tanabe spoke of this in 2014 when they did the interview circuit for Tropical Freeze. They're like, maybe Donkey Kong's next Sam could be 3D. Uh, you know, m- maybe it could be like Mario, where he has alternating releases. I agree. I don't see any re- like so long as Donkey Kong carves out a niche that sets itself apart from Mario. Uh, there's no no reason Donkey Kong couldn't be anything, uh, and I feel like the series has so many so much untapped potential, yeah, especially guess, because it's been homeless for twenty years. And I, I guess this whole two D versus three D debate is is yet again. Well, this is sort of becoming the theme of like holding a series, holding a game up to your expectations of what you wanted it to be. Yeah, because you know, like, like I said, wading wading into the discourse, you do see a lot of people who. Or so, or sort of approaching this like, well, if this isn't what I want, if this isn't 3D, if this isn't 2D, then immediately, like, like I'm just going to dismiss it because you know we have enough of this thing. I just want a new Donkey Kong game. Yeah, me I- too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and easy so, for me to say loving 2D and 3D platformers as much as I do, but like, I, I like I get it if you only really enjoy one or the other, but you know. After we're done with the calls, assuming any of the calls don't already touch upon this, I will weigh in on the 2D and 3D debate, uh, 2D or 3D debate. I I will give, oh yeah, yeah, don't tune out now. Uh, You want to hear what, 
this this jackass has to say uh stay tuned uh but yeah i i I just want i just want there to be stability for donkey kong uh because honestly like i have enough itches scratched in the fandom right now like i i'm a I'm a big Sea of Thieves fan, so my rare fandom is being scratched. Platonic just blew me away with Impossible Layer, so I'm just waiting with bated breath, you know, what they do next. Uh, and, and, you know, even Mario Kart Tour, Josh, I found the joy in Mario Kart Tour. I I am too positive at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, like... My cynicism has been obliterated, Josh. I, 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 I need to find something to complain about or nobody will take me seriously online. And that's the thing, that's gaming fandom in general, like, if 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 one series or one part of a series or one aspect of a series or even just one game is getting you down and it's not really your part, your cup of tea and, and the fandom's bumming you out, like, the industry is huge. Yeah. And if modern, or even if, if modern games are, are, you know, getting to you, the retro community is huge. Like, you can always find something else to play and something else to focus on. Right, yeah. And then I'll just just write biographies about it's Mr. Pants characters in the interim, you know, like they, they get two likes on Facebook because nobody knows who Toby Pie is, despite my years of talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's take the next call. Hello, Heil. Hello, uh, Josh. It's uh, Eric here. Uh, Heil, you know me on Twitter. I always talk to you about Superman. I'm not really on the forums that much these days, but I am on there as last uh, Kremlin of Krypton. I don't call in a lot. Uh, last time I called in was uh, for E3 2019, and uh, look at us again. We're talking about uh, the EPD Tokyo team doing a uh, DK game. also want to shout out uh, Zippo. He's a good friend of mine. I'm, I'm happy he was able to get that uh, scoop out there because, you know, we've been talking about it for a while and everything. So one of the troubling things I'm realizing is I'm seeing a lot of people thinking it's a 3D game by virtue of the fact because all the headlines are saying, oh, Super Mario Odyssey team working on DK. So now they think they think everything that team does is like 3D or whatever. Hopefully that gets ironed. People's expectations aren't out of whack and everything. But I just wanted to uh, lay down a uh, prediction or two because uh, because it's being done in Japan. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with the uh, – just the Super Donkey Kong name for all regions, because I don't think they used that over there in a while. I remember they just called it, like, DK Returns, DK Tropical Freeze, no super, no country. So I think it would be kind of charming if they did that for, like, a worldwide sort of thing. It fit, and, you know, that would help uh, label it as, like, the Japanese stamp on it. And since it's done by, like, that team, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, power-ups become more of a uh, point that, you know, I don't think it's going to be, like, riddled like Mario games, but I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe bring back, like, the Invincibility Barrel from 2 or uh, Strong Kong from 64, stuff like that. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't think it's going to be anything crazy, like transformations where it gets, like, bigger or whatever. And I wouldn't be surprised, too, if since it's, like, the anniversary and everything, they try to do more stuff with uh, arcade routes. Uh, you know, the classic games or anything, maybe like a girder world or honest, I think this is probably a long shot, but maybe bring back junior or something like that. I could maybe see it happening since uh, this is, you know, more of the, uh, the Tokyo team. Sometimes they want to play more with like the classic stuff than like the rare era stuff, but it's really exciting that, you know, we get uh, a bunch of new people to have their voice in this series and everything. It's, 
it's really exciting in all honesty. I'm really, uh, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm pro- I'm just glad to see it at E3. That's probably where it's going to be. And also, if uh, your if your inbox is too clogged, please just put this in the uh, E3 episode because chances are you're going to be talking about it again. Uh, but uh, thanks for your time, and uh, see you soon. Well, thank you, Eric. First of all, we might see it at E3. We might not. Please don't put that pressure on me. Uh, <laughs> Heil, you oh cannot be responsible for the, the mental well-being of an entire fandom. I've been there. How did this, ele- know, how did this elephant can't. get in here? How did this elephant get in here and what's it doing on my chest? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, okay. So there, a lot to unpack there. First of all, uh, yes, the headlines have been saying... Super Mario Odyssey team working on Donkey Kong. So that, let me that is, clear that out. That is the that, sexy headline. Okay, <laughs> I uh, that, that is the that is the I have a degree designed, in journalism. That's a sexy headline. That is the headline designed to turn people on uh-huh. or, or or enrage them because they're not doing Super Mario Odyssey two by implication. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me clear this up because I know. Uh, like I, I've seen people get upset about like th- this is something that like Jeff uh, DK Vine Stafford Jeff Owen and he's just been like where are people getting this we aren't saying that and nobody's saying that um, th- this is being done by Nintendo EPD yes Nintendo EPD developed Super Mario Odyssey but Nintendo EPD is not one team it- it's not like Retro Studios. Uh, makes Metroid Prime 3 and then makes Donkey Kong Country Returns. Nintendo EPD is comparable to old school Rare, where Rare had multiple teams doing multiple games at once. What this game probably is, is being developed by a new team that, that has devs being pulled from pre-existing teams so yes a couple people who did super mario odyssey are probably now on this team this donkey kong team that that is what i've been led to believe that is also like where my educated guesses take over um if this is a permanent donkey kong team or, or not you know that will be left to this game's success but i think that um this misconception that, oh, the Odyssey team immediately went from Odyssey to Donkey Kong. It's not not a one-to-one thing. So I think we just need to to rid ourselves of that notion, right? So it's, to it's, all the salt... It's all, like, to, like so many problems, it's all an affectation of, like, search engine optimization and what people will click on. Yeah. Because if your headline says Nintendo EAD rumored to be making a new, a new Donkey Kong game, yeah, people don't know what Nintendo EAD is. But if you yeah. say the team behind Super Mario Odyssey might be making Donkey Kong, like, you know, that's that's people are going to click on that. People know what that is. People will find that. People will share that. Sure. But sure. unfortunately, um, I, I think that that has definitely led people to be like to look at Mario Odyssey and sort of view what this might be through that lens. And it just like you said, it doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, it, it's um. It's led it to some may salty or may Mario not be fans. on that level. It's, there's, there's no way to know. It's led to some salty Mario fans. Like, mm-hmm. how dare we not get Super Mario Odyssey 2 announced at E3? Oh, as poor if they Mario have, fans. Jeez. I know, as if they just didn't have a year of new releases. <laughs> like, come on. Like, I, I'm not trying to pit fandom against fandom because I, I living through the uh, Donkey Kong Country flop ill 
gall sneeze uh, controversies of, of Donkey Kong versus Metroid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to relive that. Like, no. No, we're, we're not going down that route again of having Nintendo fandoms pitted over, pitted no. against each other as if, you know, there are limited resources and we all have to fight. <laughs> I mean, th- this is... It's just nonsense. Um, I, I love Mario games, but I, I just can't imagine ever being in a position where it's like, damn it, we're not getting enough Mario games. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I, don't th- I, th- I don't think you have to worry. I think this is uh, a long time coming. I think, you know, honestly, we should have seen the clues. Super Mario Odyssey referenced, name dropped so many obscure donkey kong things Mm -hmm. uh eric brings up like do you think they're gonna like go for like arcade references well one the retro games did that the retro duology did that out the wazoo i mean it referenced the arcade games more than it did the country games honestly Mm -hmm. like it it, like i think outside cranky's um gramophone uh it really went out of its way to not reference a lot of the classic donkey kong country games uh, but it, it it was certainly fine referencing um, the first three, like the first three Donkey Kong games, the arcade games, uh, up to including Donkey Kong Three. You know, so um, I think yeah, we're we're gonna get like references to the total history of Donkey Kong. But I also think you know you will see. Look, Nintendo EPD, the Odyssey team, uh, in which you know there are probably team members pulled from this to work on this game. Uh, they referenced Radley in a Mario game, in a mainline major Mario game, the defining Mario game of this generation. Radley the Rattlesnake was referenced. K. Rule was referenced months before we found out he was coming back. So in retrospect, you know, we should have seen that as clues. Like, we, we should have seen that as a big tip-off that, hey, th- something something's up. Because this, this isn't just... Isle. Yeah, Super Mario, Super Mario Odyssey is DKU. Like, I'm never gonna stop banging that drum. You know what? Maybe we'll reevaluate that after this game is announced. Like, I know Jeff, the aforementioned Jeff, has been you know barking up my tree about that. <laughs> uh, like, maybe we need to reevaluate Super Mario Odyssey. He wasn't happy uh, w- with the last trial in, in the the DKU tribunal. So. You know, maybe, maybe I'm I'm saying I'm open to it. You mm-hmm. know, I I'm still open to fucking making cameo elements of power DKU because Chris Alcock is yelling at me about that, and I'm like, ah, well, maybe you should have put a DKU character in it, Chris Alcock, if you wanted <laughs> to be DKU. <laughs> this is going way off topic, but what's it, why does why does he think that? What's what's his what's his reasoning? Something about the ostriches in the game were taken from Saberman Stampede, which were uh, the ostriches that originally espresso variants in Donkey Kong Racing. And I'm just mm. like, bro, that's that's not how it works. But then also you hear Banjo-Kazooie music on the radio, and maybe that's Banjo-Kazooie playing the Banjo-Kazooie music on the radio. Ooh, yeah. And if, if, we, if we view the DK rappers as genuine characters, and in Mr. Pants, it was broadcast on a television screen in Banjo-Tooie, and we view that. Like, so, there, there's precedent for broadcasts being, <laughs> like, appearances of DKU characters, so. I, I, look, I, I'm just saying, I, I'm open to, to reevaluating things down the line, but I have too much on my plate right now. All right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think that like we are going to get 
references more so, i feel like epd will be emboldened more than retro was i feel like retro felt like they had to play it they had edicts they had to follow where epd are the grandmasters of nintendo so they can pretty much do whatever they want well just just as much i would theorize that maybe retro didn't want to overly reference the the, the donkey kong country trilogy because they didn't want to be like they, they didn't want to feel like they were in the shadow of those games right yeah, I, I I can see that, and they definitely got more comfortable with it over time. I think had we seen a third game by them, we would have seen a lot more references. But like they wanted to bring K. Rule back yeah. uh, at a time when they thought K. Rule was still like a no no, uh, and, and so you know I I think they would have pushed harder, uh, and, and I think having their ears to the fan base would have like definitely emboldened them to say, you know, hey, look, the fans really want this and they really want that. Just give us give us some wiggle room here. But uh, I, I don't think EPT will really have that problem. This is definitely going to be filled with new stuff and there'll be arcade references. Honestly, I think we will get more country references than we will Jungle Beat references. I think I, I, I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, maybe we'll get a lot of Jungle Beat references because it's essentially, you know, the same studio. Yeah, but like, who outside of us remembers Jungle Beat? Yeah, like, I, I I, would be shocked if anything from Jungle Beat resurfaced. Honestly, I would. Uh, especially if this is being driven with uh, by Donkey Kong Country fans or Super Donkey Kong fans. Maybe it could uh, be referenced through, like, Donkey Kong's Final Smash and Smash Ultimate. Maybe, yeah. yeah I, I, granted, like... I would be I I would love it if like Hoofer the Wilderbeast came back or or somebody so long as that was mixed like alongside Engard yeah. and and Professor Chops and Xananab and Clapper and Squitter and like I I want the full his Stanley the Bugman I want the full history represented Josh all right Absolutely. Uh, dude I was Eric- watching I was watching a let's play of DKC2 a few weeks ago and and they sort of just dismissively was they were like you have to jump on this seal I'm like that's clapper you see, you it's put clapper, respect you on bastards. his name yeah uh Eric brought up Donkey Kong Jr and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be bold and say no I don't think we're ever going to see Donkey Kong Jr the the cla- like we we have arguments about whether the modern Donkey Kong is Donkey Kong Jr. all night long. You know, everybody who listens to this, who knows me well, knows where I stand on that issue. But as far as like the classic, uh, like young little Kong and a onesie with a J on it, mm-hmm. I don't think we will see anything but homages to yeah. that rendition of the character and i think we look to mario kart tour as proof of that mario kart tour also developed by nintendo epd josh and the way they brought donkey kong jr back in that game was to have him be a retro sprite as he appeared on the super nintendo super mario kart Mm -hmm. they did not make a new model for him They, they treated him as kind of this relic from back in time and Wait. that is how Donkey Kong Jr. will be referenced. That's how the arcade games, I think, are going to be referenced going forward. As you you have the mainline Donkey Kong franchise, which is ostensibly Donkey Kong Country, and then you have arcade Donkey Kong, which will tipple her hat to and, and acknowledge, but tr- always treated as kind of this throwback thing. Boy, if the headlines had said the team behind Mario Kart Tour rumored to be making a new Donkey Kong game, if those were the headlines, that would have been a whole different thing. But but technically, <laughs> just as accurate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 
Anyway, uh, like, as far as, um, as as far as the name goes, because Eric brought up, because I've heard, like, people say different things. Like, I've been led to believe it won't carry the country branding. But then, but then, Josh, Nintendo just did file a bunch of trademarks for Donkey Kong Country in Japan hmm. for, for all manners of goods. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of this talk about, well, it's developed by Japanese teams, so they're not using Donkey Kong Country because um, it, Donkey Kong Country was never a brand in Japan. But I think Nintendo recognizes that outside of Japan, Donkey Kong Country is a universally beloved moniker mm-hmm. right like it's it's not just this thing where well we're, we're nintendo and we're a japanese company so we're not going to acknowledge how this game was marketed everywhere else this game that like this series that Donkey Kong country as a series originated in the west so i feel like they they feel like Donkey Kong country that branding has merit whether or not it actually carries that branding, I don't know, but I don't think we should be dismissive of the possibility. Maybe I was dismissive in my article, but uh, you know, I, I think the fact that they did just file a bunch of trademarks for Donkey Kong Country in Japan says something. It does. It uh, does. Maybe it was just I, ru- I, routine trademark renewal, maybe. But I mean, I, th- I think what he brought up was the possibility that it could just be named after Super Donkey Kong, and I'd, I'd welcome that too. That'd be that'd be neat. Um, in general, I wish more vi- more contemporary video game sequels would would just put the word C- Super in front of the brand. Uh, we did get that with Super Mario Party, so there is precedent for a Switch game doing that. Yeah, I, I like what whatever the whatever it, it goes by, though. I think I have been led to believe, and I, I do believe this, that Donkey Kong Country, whether or not that name is used, Donkey Kong Country is the brand right now. Um, it, it's not like we have this Cold War for Donkey Kong Soul, as I put it. Donkey Kong Country is the brand. Donkey Kong Country won out the wars. Uh, arcade Donkey Kong is still like this valued part of its history, and it's still referenced and homaged. But whenever you see just Donkey Kong outside of like throwback uh, sprites and and girders, Donkey Kong is going to be like this, right? So right, yeah. F- f- Fuck you, NES kids. The 90s won after all. <laughs> At least as far as Donkey Kong goes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, yeah. All right. But uh, I, I think we touched upon Eric's points. I, I, I don't know. I, I, we, we go on these tangents and then we, we have to circle back around. Yeah. And I get lost. Uh, anyway. So uh, thank you for the call. Hey, DK Vine and Geek Man Teak. It's Rick here. And... As usual, I'm gotta, I gotta speak from the chest. You know, I gotta lay down how it is. All these Donkey Kong rumors, they're hogwash. Straight from Checkpoint's mouth. I, I just, you know, I, I gotta lay it out. As usual. And let you know, Nintendo hates Donkey Kong. They hate him. You know? Ever since Britannia did it better, Miyamoto, he looks at Donkey Kong, he sees that beautiful red tie, and he vomits. He vomits all over his employees. That, I, I, that's just how it is, guys, you know? I hate to say it, but, gotta face the facts. I, uh, hold on, who, I'm doing a thing. Sorry, guys. Now here's why he hates Diddy Kong, okay? He hates him. What? Sorry, guys, let me check this out real quick. I'll be right back. Who is 
Well, thanks, Rick. Uh, I think that's more evidence that Nintendo EPD is working on the game since they sent their goon squad to eliminate him. No, what, what, um, Heil, Heil, that was clearly some sort of a some sort of a funny satirical parody. The Nintendo doesn't send a goon squad out to out uh, to stop anybody, right? Come on, Heil. <laughs> Rick doing uh, the best impression of a DK Vine forum poster circa 2004. Thank you, Rick. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that's, that was spot on. Like that, that was what. Uh, <laughs> somebody check on Rick. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Rick. Uh, yeah, doing do, do obviously do, doing a bit there. Uh, I think that. Um, that that is how we would have we would have taken this news uh, fifteen years ago. Oh, it would have uh, been apocalyptic, man! It would have been like, yeah. oh, Nintendo's gonna gonna take stewardship of Donkey Kong. It's over. It's over. That we we lost. We were we were like the biggest Nintendo fan site that hated Nintendo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that's why I tell you, man. Don't worry about. Like, people coming to DK Vine now, like, when they say it's highly respected, like, one thing that makes me smile about that is just, like, you are, but also I remember what your reputation used to be. Yeah, so when the the day Donkey Kong Country Returns was announced, um, I, I saw people, like, I was like, I wonder what other people are talking about it, and people were, like, mentioning DK Vine um all on like other message boards uh saying like oh i bet dk vine hates this yep like like we would just naturally hate it right because that was what our reputation was so it took it took 10 years <laughs> but we, we got from highly reviled to highly respected yeah so, like, like i said uh, I, I said this on twitter the other day there are advantages to having a fandom that skews a little older and has a little more experience i think yeah yeah um anyway uh prayers for rick all right we we have one more more uh call to take uh and then we'll i'll, I'll weigh on on the uh, 2d and 3d debate so um unless this call forces my hand up but it, it's all going to coalesce into the ending of the episode anyway josh so excellent here we go tile josh angry ancestor I'm currently operating uh, a motor vehicle and a telephone simultaneously. Uh, I'm also drinking uh, some apple juice. And let's see, what else am I doing? Oh, I'm following my taxes right now as well. Uh, Hope I can get those done. You know what I mean, guys? Um, And I'm also taking a shit and I'm brushing my teeth all at the same time. Uh, anyways, happy birthday, Heil. Big day. Uh, I just wanted to ask, um, are they going to bring back uh, the, but the the back riding system, like Diddy riding on Donkey Kong's back, or well, maybe we'll be able to play as Diddy Kong uh, solo outside of some hard mode? Uh, what do you think of that? Also, is Lanky coming back? Uh, and goodbye. Happy birthday. 
It's not not my birthday. It's not even close. Happy birthday, Hyle. Birthday. I didn't know it was your birthday. No, it's, no, it's not. I haven't it's gotten not. you anything. Why are all why why have our calls descended into like people doing bits that are like fatalistic? I I, I whatever. <laughs> uh, th- thank you, angry ancestor. Uh, you don't sound too angry. Uh, well, he's multitasking. But... The anger is there. It's just under multiple layers of everything else that he, the, the, that his brain is concentrating on right now. All right. So for, for first of all, lanky? No, probably not. I like again. Don't don't like raise expectations. Like oh, obviously we're gonna see quacks and, and <laughs> um and the queen banana bird and bachelor bear and uh, no, it's just like I. What this game will be right is room for growth. So I don't like expect to see every fan favorite meme tastic character return in this game but what this game will do is give us kind of a a ground floor for expansion where yeah maybe down the road now lanky can come back because there is a franchise to come back to Mm -hmm. Uh, so think of it in those terms if if your favorite sort of similar to returns itself where you could see it as like oh but it doesn't have this it doesn't have that it's missing all these characters but like it's in, in a similar way, sort of, it's just establishing a baseline. Yeah, unfortunately, we have to essentially do Don- Donkey Kong Country Returns over again. Uh, and and that's like, yeah, like, it, it's, it's not going to be that, sure. but it, it's going to be a different game entirely. And that speaks to your back writing point. I think that it, it, people are going to, a certain subset of fans who think this is going to be a 2D platformer, which it might be, but they think it's just going to be Donkey Kong Country Returns 3. Or the like Donkey Kong Country Baja Blast, but made by EPD. That's not EPD style. They're not just going to do a sequel like that. Just comes after two other games. This is going to be a as much of a reinvention as Returns was. Okay, and it, it's unfortunate that we have to have yet another soft reboot to the franchise uh, because that's what Returns was, and unfortunately. Uh, we got one sequel out of that and then it, everything just kind of withered uh, and died on the vine, no pun intended, via circumstance, you know? And th- th- this this gets us around that, though, because if this game takes off, we will never have to worry about that again. Exactly. And, so, and that's sort of the crazy thing about it, right? Like, to put into perspective, like, how long it's been since tropical freeze because you know 2014 to 2021 that's definitely a long time and you know it is but it's the same length of time it's about the same length of time almost from donkey kong country one to the rare buyout like it's like we're one year away from that from it being that same length of time since tropical freeze and granted, you know, the game industry, as we said, has changed dramatically since the 90s. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we got in so much history in that time period versus now, you know, we wouldn't have gotten annual releases, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not, even I'm not if there was stability. To, I'm not bringing that up to, like, complain about it or say it should be different. More to say that, like, given how long it's been, you know, we, we it's, we're probably more than due for, like, for, you know, another reimagining. Yeah, and you know, like, I, I'm just excited more. I, I'm even like I'm excited about this game, but I'm excited more about the potentials for the future now, the room for growth that we have kind of been denied as a fandom and a franchise 
for close to 20 years now. And, and so, um, that being said, you know, angry ancestor in between the defecation and the tax filing mentioned, you know, do you think like Diddy is going to ride on Donkey Kong's back? Um, it just depends what kind of game it is and what design philosophies this uh, team has in mind. Yeah, I, I would not look for it to have, like, anything more. Like, I think it'll have as much in common with Returns as Returns did with, like, the original trilogy. I, I, I But sure. I, but I don't think it's going to feel beholden to anything that came before. Sure. And, and I think that, like, the 2D versus 3D debate... Honestly, like, I could see it go either way. Um, I, I think that it would be a little bit out of character, in my opinion, for Nintendo EPD to make a new Donkey Kong game for the Switch uh, when there's already a excellent 2D platformer starring Donkey Kong and friends on the Switch. Granted, it's just a Wii U port, but, like, then to just follow with another 2d platformer that's maybe less difficult or like we don't we don't know what they have planned but you know like it's just like well that's a bit weird like that that's like so my thinking right and this is just hypothetical this is just educated guessing is that it's going to be a little bit more than a 2d platformer um is it going to be a 3d platformer Maybe, but I, don't, I I think people hear Donkey Kong 3D platform and they, they think Super Mario Odyssey, but with Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to be quite that ambitious or, or that wide of a scope either. I think there's like some sort of middle ground to be had here. And we know the original version of Donkey Kong 64 was going to follow uh, more, more of a Crash Bandicoot style of um, conception. It, it was going to ha- like have map screens. But within those map screens, it was going to have 3D, more linear levels, right? Um, I I think we could maybe see something along those lines. And I'm not just saying this, like, because this is what we we want, right? Like, oh man, that original version of Donkey Kong 64 sounds cool. Uh, they sh- Like, too bad they couldn't get that to work. Oh, now I'm going to project this on what Nintendo EPD is working on because this is this is my fan my fan dream for 3D Donkey Kong. But I think it's got to set itself apart from Mario. I think it's going to set itself apart from Mario because it's still it's Nintendo EPD doing it. Nintendo EPD doesn't you know repeat itself out you know it's not something they really they're really known to do. Um, so I feel like they need to carve out a niche for Donkey Kong and. From from what I I would guess, it would be something that is 3D-ish, but in a more linear fashion similar to the Donkey Kong Country games. But I don't know. That That's just where I, I think, logically, there would be room for Donkey Kong to have uh, a cultural footprint on the Nintendo Switch in light of Nintendo EPD also doing Mario games, albeit different teams, and there also being a really stellar 2D Donkey Kong port on the Switch already. But I want to hear what you have to say, Josh. I mean, they could do that. But <laughs> wouldn't it be even better and a lot more lucrative if we just put Nintendo EPD on Call of Duty? 
This has been a File 2 production. Terrico.